Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show where every Friday we'll be covering another installment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello, welcome back to the Wee Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the Conjuring universe is Alexander Chard. I'm back. You were here last week. <laughs> yeah, you're still around. <laughs> I'm still around. <laughs> and returning from the 80s versus slashes, we never quite figured out what to name it, yep. series, Shannon Hollander. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Now, I say joining me throughout all of the Conjuring universe, but we're doing things a little bit different here because normally we would have already watched the first movie and be about to talk about it. We're going to do that in a second. We're all here in person, which is lovely, so we can Mm -hmm. take part in these spookies as a unit. Mm -hmm. But Shannon. Yeah. So here's it. I like to always explain when we start a series how we chose it. Now, the Conjuring universe has been something I wanted to do for a little while. And they put out quite a lot of movies, so uh-huh. you got many different ways in. They hadn't set a date for Annabelle Comes Home, as it's now called, or The Conjuring 3, which were both coming out for quite a while. But they had set a rough date, so I was like, okay, something's coming out then. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> so we kind of like planned it around it. Then we thought maybe we weren't going to be able to do it, as we said at the end of last week, Alex, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah. Uh, because we had some scheduling problems, but Alex very kindly freed his schedule a bit for us so we could, we could do this, which I was excited for, because spookies. Oh, I love it. I... Love it. Uh-uh. So then we had we had the two. Christina was out. Katie offered. Ali uh, offered as well. But we were like, you know what? It'd be fun to have something a bit more entertaining. <laughs> Someone that will be a bit more legitimately terrified. Mm, exactly. <laughs> and we, um, yeah, we gently persuaded you at Katie's birthday a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sort of gave you gentle nudges to, hey, why don't you do a conjuring I, series? You just caught me when I was weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I had a couple in. drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, spookies won't be so bad. It'll be fine. That is actually exactly how. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to be clear, people who are new to Shannon's voice, she when she did the AD slash and one, Real, you hate horror. You've mm-hmm. never seen slashes before. Mm-hmm. You thought you'd mm-hmm. be fine because these are going to be goofy movies. Yep. I was not. <laughs> I was not. You nearly quit a couple of times on that show. I was not. <laughs> so when we came to this one, we decided, you know what? We're going to give you an exit. So that's why we're doing this weird intro. Mm-hmm. We're about to go away and watch the first film. You will not reveal to us after the film if you're in or out for the rest of the series <laughs> until uh, probably at the end of, yeah. the, of the podcast show. I feel like it'll be pretty obvious. I'll either be like sobbing under the blanket, not willing to come out, <laughs> or yeah. like I'll see the light of day again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the Which sun will shine. <laughs> so Katie is here. She's standing by, I mean, not here in the room, but she's in the house. She's seen The Conjuring before. She obviously won't be reviewing the first one. If you sub her in, she will be taking over from week two, which will be Annabelle, week uh-huh. three, The Conjuring 2, etc., etc. Mm. Um, if I pull my ripcord. <laughs> I'm going to bet you're going to be fine because you, while I haven't watched horror films really with you much, uh-huh. and some of the stories of you during the 80s slasher, really wish, I really wish I was in the same room. <laughs> um, you have in candidness told me that you've watched The Descent, you've watched uh-huh. The Ring. Uh-huh. Under duress, I believe. Correct. All, well, 
under duress slash like there's a cute boy in the room that I was trying to impress so I can handle anything. There are no cute boys in this room. I <laughs> yeah, can tell no, you that. No. So, <laughs> so no. I'm screwed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no reason to keep going. There's nothing to prove. I don't mm-hmm. need to be cool for anyone. <laughs> yep. That's a good message to send out to all females everywhere. Unless you're yeah. doing something for a guy, just don't do it at all. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out. Alex, what's your bet on? Do you think she'll be right? Oh, I think it's, it's 50-50 at this point. <laughs> That's safe. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, me and Alex, just, we'll get into this when we return, but we've just been watching all of the Insidious movies, which are interlinked mm-hmm. to The Conjuring in a way. Oh, yeah. And they spooked you a little bit. Well, you know me. I'm I'm pretty... Uh, the supernatural, ghosty, spookies are the ones that scare me the most, mm-hmm. or certainly stick with me the most yeah. after I've seen them. Ghosts are sticky, sort of ectoplasm. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, like ectoplasm. And I think that has to do... I was, think, I was trying to think about it, why that does affect me the most, and I think it has to do sort of culturally and with my upbringing australia um no (laughs) um indonesia i don't know if our listeners know but my mom's indonesian i grew up there and a lot of like traditional cultural spirituality is is based around like spirits and good spirits and bad spirits and you hear a lot of stories growing up like in a way that's told you like this shit is real so seeing that on film Bad, it's, it's, yeah. it's real. Yeah. They've shot it. Yeah, it's real. And we'll be talking about a, a lot about what is real and what isn't real. This is going to be honestly a fun show. I've had to do more research than ever before because these are based on true stories. We're going to get into our own personal experiences with ghosts, all the fun things. Oh, great. But yeah, let's go on some movie, guys. Let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll be back Hooray! in a minute and see if Shannon is still in. <laughs> and we're back. We totally watched a movie. <laughs> if you're new to us, hello. And welcome. Please head on out to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, where you can patch on out to all of our social medias. You can listen to all of our previous podcasts in which we've covered all oh, so many. Let's name two highlights. Alex, what's two good series we've done? Uh, yeah, nothing Scream. Good. <laughs> Scream? You're on that one. Yeah. Interesting choice. <laughs> what else Halloween. You weren't on that one. That no. was a special one. We had four people reviewing mm. Halloween. Some controversial picks in there. So go on a, your iTunes, type in all your little podcast app on your phone. Pull it out. Type in We Are Geeks, find us, subscribe to us, rate us. It's the only way you can support us. We're not going to do any banner ads. We're not going to pr- promote any bullshit. And we're not going to sell you any. Adult diapers. Mm. Yeah, because just just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need them. Yeah, Take need the them. message Bye. from your body. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to just call it quits. <laughs> Stay inside. And never leave again. Yeah, what's happening with the thing? Anything else we need to talk about? Nah, we'll talk about it at the end. We've got some ways you can support us, but not through the podcast, through other means. But we'll talk about it at the end of the show. The Conjuring, guys. That's what we're here to talk about. Okay. Came out mm-hmm. in the year 2013. Oh, what a year that was. Dead. Now, for people who are new to us, we like to take a little look at the landscape that was each year that a movie came out. So, first of all, Alex, I believe you have the top 10 box office for Hits. 2013. Coming in at number 10. Thor, The Dark World. <laughs> oh, you're shitting me. That got to 10? That got to 10. Never oh, wow. watched. Never seen it all the way through. I think categorically just the worst MCU movie. I feel everyone agrees with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Coming in at number nine, I enjoyed this film. Certainly the first half, Man of Steel. I like the first ah. half of that. Yeah. The Superman reboot. Before it turns to Dragon Ball. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Coming in at number eight, <clears throat> Sandra Bullock, George Clooney film, Gravity. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah. I really do. It's in space. I think people went off it because it won the Oscar that year, but it's a great movie. Yeah. And I don't and I hate Sandra Bullock. So All right, steady on. Coming <laughs> in number seven, the sequel to Monsters Inc., 
Monsters University. <laughs> did that beat Gravity? Yeah. yeah. Of nice. course it did. It's yeah, adorable. It was, was good fun. <laughs> I like Monsters Uni. Coming in at number six, Fast and the Furious 6. The uh, mm. one before James Wan took over and did yeah. Fast and Furious Part 7. Coming in at number five, The Hunger Games Catching Fire. I think this is the second Hunger oh, Games film. Oh, yeah, that's the second, oh, oh, yeah, that's the second one. Yeah, it it's is, really good. Mm-hmm. It's where her dress catches fire. Oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> yeah. Coming in at number four, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Still making good money, considering how much everyone hates those movies and no one claims to have really sat yeah. through them. Mm. Is this the second one, I think? Or is it the last <sighs> one? Well, Battle of Five Armies is one of them, isn't it? Yeah. And there's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't nobody know. knows. Nobody cares. Yep. It made Can't just under a billion dollars. Out. I think it's the second oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Coming in number three, Despicable Me 2. Totes adorbs. I mean, what can you say? Totes adorbs, yeah. says. <laughs> I like the animated ones, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that series instead? Yes. Too Coming late. in at number two, making 1.2 billion Iron Man 3. Oh, yes. Oh, Underrated yep. Iron Man yep. film, in my opinion. Alex hates it. Not my favorite. <laughs> but I haven't revisited it. But why should I? <laughs> Shane Black. <laughs> Although he did just do The Predator, to be fair, which is terrible. Uh, Coming in at number one. Also making 1.2 billion, but just slightly edging out Iron Man 3. Any guesses, my friends? Mm-mm. I, can, I, can, I can't remember 2013. Animated? Animated. Oh, Musical? Oh, 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 Frozen. Tw- there you go. Shannon Let wins. it go. <laughs> Let it go. Wait, was that, that old? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was like six years ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And instead and today- <laughs> Yeah. You mean improves our lives. That was Let's watch real... Frozen instead of the rest of this Conjuring series. Nah, that's way, way scarier. I'm not oh. fucking watching that. Uh, thank you, Alex. Illuminating as always. Thanks. Shannon, yes. I believe you have a list of some of the horror films that are coming out. The competition that I The do. Conjuring had. I do. So, first in 2013, there was Carrie, the remake. Ooh. With uh, Chloe Moretz, isn't it? Sure. You know what? <laughs> I do, but I don't uh, know. Yeah. Come on. I have not seen the remake of Carrie. Come on. Then there's Curse of Chucky. We have Ooh. talked about it on the Child's Play series. Yep. And notable because it features a character, lead character in a wheelchair, which we'll get to while we're talking about this in a different way. But we will say this. Approved. That oh, movie. We like this one. That's all we said. Someone recently was talking to me about Chucky movies. And I was like, those last two. Not perfect. No. Uh, great, great double bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, my friends. <laughs> then there's <laughs> Evil Dead. Okay, so we are going to get to the Evil Dead series at some point. Again, the problem with that is Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV show. It's three seasons, now been cancelled. So that has a cap on it, but they are all canon with Bruce Campbell. So it makes it very difficult to do the films because you have to do the three shows. Me and Katie are huge Evil Dead fans. I'm, I'm actually a huge, I love the original. I actually love the remake as well. I think it's a, a fantastic, great. fantastic movie. I haven't even seen the original. Have you not? No, seen the remake. Loved one, it one day. Haven't seen either. <laughs> the remake is what I normally use to break people who don't watch horror films because it's it's about as nasty as you can get. That's why you modern showed horror. it to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I showed it to Ali. It was like the first film I showed to Ali. And it has uh, much like Insidious in the country. Loud sounds during credits. <laughs> which yeah. Is like, yeah. yeah. Yep, that was intense. Hatchet 3. Adam Green's sort of Jason sort of knockoff swamp. The Haunting in Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. 
Did you say goose of Georgia? Ghosts oh, of Georgia. Georgia. But goose of Georgia. Goose of Georgia would be Georgia. interesting. <laughs> I spit on your grave, too. <laughs> I yes. just like that title. <laughs> it's in yeah, the remakes of the Rape Revenge films. Oh. Um, good old Rape Revenge. Oh. Good old, old feel-good family movies. Oh. Yeah. A little rape, a little revenge. What Everyone else can you ask for? Spitting on the grave. And then you spit on them. The Last Exorcism. Part two. Found footage, big budget, money makers. More spookies. Mm. Texas Chainsaw 3D. What? We've covered this. Check it out. No. No, I mean, check out our podcast. <laughs> check out our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, VHS 2. Uh, more found footage, uh, different types of horror films and vignettes. Uh, I once, a friend of mine asked, he was doing a short, like helping out with one of the shorts that they do in VHS mm. and asked, uh, they needed a still of someone's boobs. Wasn't going to see my face at all. Just like, will you show your boobs? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> How do you lead into that question? <laughs> he, he was like, I got a really strange question for you, but we're having a hard time with this. And I was like. No, sorry, dude. <laughs> like in we, They're not having yeah. a hard time getting You're someone to show looking. their boobs and not yeah. their face. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Is like I think most people want like I want you to see my face too. I feel there's well, a different demographic of women who are just like, well, if you're not showing my face, you can't prove it's me. So whatever. that's true. That's true. Give me the paycheck. Yeah, I was like, I would show my boobs. I swear this is for a film, but <laughs> yeah. I need to. Uh, just, can you just send me a photo <laughs> or a text of your boobs? I feel like I told James like about this, and he was like, Nah, fishy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see Willow Creek It's a Bigfoot found footage movie I think mm. Yeah it is And then World War Z Little, little money maker mm -hmm. Which is still trying to do that sequel too With David Fincher direct yeah. Yeah. Oh. Who knows if that'll ever happen well, Brad Pitt mm. Mm. Yeah So I mean definitely found footage films and spookies are in fashion We should say 2007 is when, when Paranormal Activity came around And really brought both of those back into the forefront and then that was followed up, as we're about to get into, with the Insidious films in 2010. Now, actually, let's get that in a second. Let's put a tiny pin in that, Alex. I see you're eager. What? Because we are going to, we're going <laughs> to, one day maybe we'll get to the Insidious films. There are four currently. There will be more probably. That does equal a franchise. However, we might just give our opinion on all of them right here. Sure. The Conjuring of 2013, 7.5 out of 10 on the IMDb. That is a very good score, yeah. particularly for a film that. That's been out for however many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was very surprised to see that, but also probably on the basis that the last few um, retrospectives I've I've been on have been very low <laughs> scores. Got, <laughs> got down to three points, <laughs> yeah. two points. So it's quite a zero. Yeah. <laughs> this one is in the realm of like yeah. good movies. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Directed by James Wan, who obviously is known for creating the Saw franchise alongside his writing partner and actor. What's his name? Lee Wannell. Lee Wannell. Both, both Aussies. Both Aussies. Yep. So, you know them? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we all went to school together. There you go. Go way mm. back. Yeah. <laughs> he then made Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon. Uh, he would go on to direct Fast and Furious 7 and Aquaman 1 and 2. Has been known for saying he doesn't want to make horror films. He doesn't enjoy them. He just got stuck in it after doing Saw. And made was a shit ton of money, no yep. doubt. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Woe is him. <laughs> Written by Chad Hayes, this guy, and King Kerry W. Hayes. These, these two 
have written the upcoming McLean movie, the new uh, Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Well, they wrote that House of Wax remake. And I think, most interestingly, a whole bunch of Baywatch Nights. Yeah. Oh, the, the spin-off TV series. Yeah, Sexy. Right. Sexy mm-hmm. Baywatch. Yeah. I could really see that in this yeah. film. Yeah. DP by John R. Leonetti. <laughs> now, this DP, Alex, we've covered before. Child's Play 3, my friend. Wow. <laughs> Has handled the dolls before. Yeah. Mm. And the name's going to come up again some point in this franchise. Also DP'd Hot Shots Part 2. Oh, wow. What a CV. Yep. Yep. <laughs> also did The Mask, Piranha 3D, the TV found footage show The River, also James Wan's Death Sentence, and I forgot to mention James Wan also previously did a horror film called Dead Silence, which was him ostensibly trying out his Annabelle ideas because it's all about dolls. Music, Joseph Bishara, who did The Convent, Night of the Demons, and The Other Side of the Door. Someone is sweeping up outside a house. Haunted. Starring Vera Farmiga as Lorraine Warren, who was in, obviously, The Departed, Source Code, Bates Motel, Captive she's State, awesome. Up in the she Air. Is. Yeah. Great actress. Love mm-hmm. her. Yeah, she's so good. Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren. He was in Hard Candy, Watchmen, Insidious, Bone Tomahawk, Fargo, and Aquaman. And Angels in America. And Angels in America. Sure. So good in it. I love Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I used to <laughs> yeah. want, when he was younger, he was my dream casting for Daredevil. Oh, ah, interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Not anymore. Lily Taylor as Carolyn Perrin. She's been in Say Anything, which is really what I know her from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mystic Pizza, The Haunting, High Fidelity, also. Yeah. More John Cusack movies. Six Feet Under, and we've covered her in Leatherface. She then was we've also got great. The Ron, Ron Livingston. Yes. What a man. As Roger Perrin in my most watched film of all time, Swingers. It's also, Never seen of course, it. Office Space. Band of Brothers, one of the greatest TV shows ever. Boardwalk Empire, and recently The Man Who Killed Hitler, and then The Bigfoot. Shane Lee Caswell as Andrea. Haley McFarland as Nancy. Joey King as Christine, who's in, she's done the most. Yeah, she's well, now in the act. That's the big thing on Hulu at the moment. She's yeah. in the she's like in. Slender Man, Wish Upon, loads of horror films, Independence Day Resurgence, Fargo, Wish I Was Here, Battle Los Angeles, Quarantine, we've covered it in already, Alex. This film is. Really, really well cast. Chock full yeah, of people. It yeah. really is. Well, we also have Mackenzie Foy as wait, Cindy. Wait, wait, wait. Joey King was in quarantine? Yeah. I have it no, written down here. Do not remember. Got it written down. Mackenzie Foy is Cindy, of course, from the Twilight Saga 1 and 2, Interstellar, which I thought she was great in Interstellar, and the upcoming Black Beauty movie, mm, where she plays the horse. Interesting. Budgeted at $20 million. <laughs> That's some serious money, Al. Do you want to know how much they made? I'm going to guess no. it made $2,500 million. Oh, Jesus. No. I'm going to say $150 million. $318 million. Oh, yeah. Closest without going over. Um, <laughs> it came in at 23 I think. Are you? So, we got a lot to talk about here, guys. It's the first time we're doing a retrospective, which is based on true stories. We're not going to go way into the weeds, but we are a little bit on this first one. Because I do think there's some things we need to set down in terms of the framework. But before we get to the true story of the Perrins and the Warrens, and I think more importantly, the Warrens, Mm -hmm. uh, because I have some ethical problems with this entire universe. Not just the one we live in, but also the Conjuring universe. (laughs) James Wan. This dude eternally young yep <laughs> yeah we had an, a very interesting story which we won't get into here if we ever covered the saw franchise will we alex probably not we will not <laughs> but if we did we would tell you how he got into the film industry it's very interesting people should read up about it and got a great great break in hollywood and it's a nice success story good for him seems like a nice guy 
he went and made Insidious in, uh, what would we say, 2010. Little movie cost only $1.3 million. Peanuts. Which is, which is tiny. And yeah. from the guy who created Saw, it's like, why are you giving him just $1.3 yeah, yeah. It's insane. This was a little haunted house movie that he did. He wanted to get back to like the old fashioned style where it was just people in makeup as ghosts, essentially, mm. not using CGI. Also stars, well, it stars Rose Byrne. And it stars Patrick Wilson. Love and some Patrick Wilson. Now, this is where it gets really confusing because you're going to have callbacks in, in the Insidious uh, films where they're going to have same actors turn up. We're going to get, yeah, the beardy guy who's in Insidious 3. Uh, is it just in 3? Uh, he's in 2 as well. In two as well. He's yeah. like one of the paranormal investigators. Yes. The he's going to play the priest in this yeah. Conjuring. They were at one point going to cast in the Conjuring universe the psychic that's in the Insidious which is played by what's a face, the great Lynn Shay. Yep. Who was in Freddy? Who was in Freddy? Now, what's most inc- kind of telling about this is like Insidious was made, it made a huge amount of money off of its 1.3. It made $100 million off of 1.3 million. It's a good investment. Profit. Yeah. Good investment. Um, so then Warner Brothers were like, we want some of that money. So they basically went to James Wan and were like, do what you did, but here's $20 million instead of 1.3 million makes sense right mm-hmm. and it shows mm-hmm. it yeah. does show for also, sure good investment <laughs> for sure <laughs> you for spent sure. money wisely um mm-hmm. and as we get into the sequels we'll talk a little bit more about you can see some parody between these two franchises even when james Wan stops being involved they are stealing from each other constantly and it's very strange because you can watch very similar tropes very similar scenes very similar stories there is a killer in chapter three of insidious that is very similar to a killer we're going to get to in the conjuring universe interesting like, it's fucking weird, to be honest, that there's this bleed over. But then, interesting enough, I've noticed it more watching The Conjuring this time, is that there is a sense also, I don't want to say steel, but, like, you can see his influences from past horror films. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, a very, the, the very, some of the ideas are very clear. Definitely. He wanted to do 70s style and he wanted yep. to go back to a lot of classes like to scare Jessica to death mm-hmm. and The Haunting and stuff like that. The weirdest thing for me was I remember when these came out. Uh, so, to be clear, I've seen not all of the Conjuring movies. I've seen all the Insidious movies other than The Last Key before. I've just rewatched the first three. Called The Last Key? What's yeah, it called? The Last yeah. Key is the fourth one. I've just rewatched the first three this weekend. Alex has done the same, so we can talk briefly about the Insidious <laughs> movies. Um, that is how we live in our lives. <laughs> this is the stupid shit we do. <laughs> Extracurricular. <laughs> Bethany no. asked me when I was like, oh, let's watch Insidious on Saturday. And she's like, oh, is that for the podcast on Monday? I was like, yeah, it's extracurricular. <laughs> it's, but it's 100% tied in. Like, it really is. Like, it is very interesting because when, yeah, but The Conjuring, I should say, I haven't seen The Nun and I haven't seen The Curse of La Llorona right. yet. And we're obviously doing all this in the lead up to Annabelle Comes Home. I have seen uh, The Nun. Yeah, I've seen that, but you haven't seen. I've only seen The Nun, Annabelle Creation and The Conjuring. Interesting, interesting. So, sort of every other film. I've seen nothing. There you go. So, we're fulfilling Perfect. our duty, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a big fan of The Conjuring universe, even though I acknowledge many of its problems. But I just haven't seen those two because I knew we were going to do this show. So, I wanted to come to them fresh. Now, when The Conjuring came out, again, 2013... Insidious Chapter 2 was coming out in 2013 as well. That's bananas. Also directed by James <laughs> Wan. Not written by the same writers, though. Written by James Wan and Lee Wanell. Wanell. Whatever. They had a little bit more money. I believe it was about $5 million he had to play with Insidious Chapter 2 mm. while he was getting $20 million on The yeah, Conjuring. Both yeah. of them, again, still featuring Patrick Wilson. Both of them featuring not the same. Well, we'll see when we... Well, no, we'll, we'll talk about Insidious mm. in a second. But... Different plots, but spooky stuff going on still. 
And it's fucking crazy to me that in the same year he had two films that he had directed, very different budget scales, same, some of the same cast, very much the same themes. It's a strange world. So, Alex, quickly, because we don't want to like, oh, this is going to be a longer show, this first one, obviously, because we've got a lot to get through. Yeah. But what are your feelings on the Insidious films? <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed them. I mean, I get the most out of these supernatural spooky films. I didn't know anything about the Insidious franchise going into it. But it was very, very quickly, I re- yeah, I was kind of unsure of how connected they were to the Conjuring films. I think that's why I was kind of texting you back and forth, like, are these connected? Are they not? Like, because there's things that definitely feel like they overlap, but are clearly maybe just artistic choices. And the fact he was doing these two projects almost like back to back or simultaneously. But, but yeah, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed, I think, coming off the back of other retrospectives where- the quality, and this may be controversial. I didn't realize it was controversial <laughs> until I spoke yeah. to you out. But coming off the back of other retrospectives where very often the quality drops as you progress through a series, I felt this at least maintained a certain level. And I told Al when I arrived today, I was like, ah, oh, Bethany and I enjoyed Insidious 2 more than the first. And apparently that's controversial. But yeah, going <laughs> back to your point you of like the sort of the, the smaller budget, I think that definitely reflects when you compare it to The Conjuring. I didn't necessarily enjoy the makeup effects on the spookies and the ghosts, particularly in the first one. I thought it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. I think they showed too much was the issue for me. And the idea itself, I, I did like the sort of simplicity of just like a, a classic kind of haunted house story, but some of the narrative ideas were as far as what they showed and revealed was, was, was a bit out there. Whereas I, I like with The Conjuring because it's kind of loosely based on true stories. I think it sort of influences the narrative differently and how they reveal and what they don't reveal, um, which I appreciate. But still really enjoyable films. We, we intended to watch the first one and end up watching three of them. So, so if you actually, you know, what, when we get to wrap up of this, we can maybe like Drank the insidious in. a little bit sure. as well just why not since we've done it um then we never have to do that <laughs> seriously yeah, yeah. yeah i returned to it i had seen those first three before katie thought she'd seen them but she as we were watching them realized oh i've never seen any of these before because as she said i would remember because uh-huh. <laughs> her ride with them was quite funny so we started watching sidious i was all excited to do the conjuring universe i was like let's get warmed up it's great and then it was only then i found out there were 1.3 million i was like wow my memories of insidious was really liking the the setup, really hating the second half. That was my memory of the first one. Yeah. I didn't remember anything from the other two other than, yeah, there was a girl in a wheelchair at one point. Coming back to the first one, it starts. And I'm like, cool, okay, I could definitely tell the budget restrictions there, yeah. but we're going in with a family. Yep, it's traditional spookies. You're not going to subvert anything. We're just going to do what we're doing. Patrick Wilson's oddly not great, which was Yeah, like, he's not... Well, he was getting paid way less. He's like really <laughs> enjoyable in The Conjuring, even though... There's something that there's some kind of weird charm about the way he delivers his lines in the country mm-hmm. that it's that it's not that it's bad or anything, but there's just something that's charming, but it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of like a bro. He's like a nice kind of, bro. Yeah, but he's kind of like got this sort of <laughs> bravado. Yeah, bravado. He's much of, better in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but in, but in 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 Insidious, I don't think his character is as is as interesting. No, so no. I think he's got a little less to play with. Sure, but. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is, it's like, again, I think it's not that bad at the beginning. Yeah. When it gets into actually showing the ghosts, 
it's terrible like yeah. it's just flat out terrible like you yeah. d- and i had that problem at the time i had a fr- uh, one of my friends um tom he preferred insidious over conjuring we used to have arguments over yeah, it well. and i felt good going back and going like no this is it's really bad like it's just people in leather jackets <laughs> yeah yeah in makeup like it just looks like really bad theater really yeah and the the, the main demon is just it's just the main shocking. demon looks like darth maul yeah. I, I think could look cool, but they just don't do it right. There's like one shot, like the iconic shot of him behind his head is like, maybe that could be cool, but it's like, oh, it just doesn't work. And then when you get to the end and they have this whole realm that they're going to called the Further, which is essentially like a spectral realm you can go into, like the dark mm. side of the spectral realm. It's just, it's literally like they went and they had no money and they're like, oh, there's a meatloaf music video being shot next door. Let's just use that set. Uh, it's so bad. It's yeah, just yeah. a stupid set with some smoke machines and red lights on. It's so fucking bad. Yeah, it looks like high-end haunted house. Yeah, <laughs> Do you no, know what I mean? No, like at really a carnival. Yeah, yeah, at a carnival. It's fucking terrible. And it makes the end of the film just like laughable. So, we went into the second one thinking, okay, this is going to be better. And it does feel better to begin with because mm-hmm. they have more money to play with. Yeah. So, there's a lot more finesse like going on there. And yeah, he was shooting the conjuring at the time. I can't fathom personally how mm. he could shoot the conjuring and this at the same time. Because Insidious 2, I think he's directing it better. So I'll give you that. I can understand why you yeah. prefer it. But as soon as it gets to, I mean, yeah, we're gonna obviously gonna do minor spoilers here for these films. But as soon as it gets to Patrick Wilson's character being the possessed character, you guys suddenly enjoy that. Me and Katie couldn't stop laughing. We just thought he was so terrible and so cliched and over the top. It ruined the entire movie for yeah, us. Yeah, I think for me it was just like as long as we were kept out of the the other realm, the further, with the, you know, the further <laughs> and that that candle lit. <laughs> haunted house carnival room oh. and like less of the ghosts it's like i can deal with a sunken in face patrick wilson like snarling and smiling like the joker <laughs> like i would much rather have that than what we got from the first there was, i mean there was a haunting image in the second one to do with the room with all of the people with sheets over their heads mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, which yeah. would but they just don't wind it up right like mm. they don't like he doesn't seem to know how to direct this stuff it's yeah. edited so choppily they're jumping through logic all the time they're just yeah, making yeah. everything up like nothing you're left with so many questions I'm like what the fuck is like, it's so weird and then you get to the third one, which is really like they leave the second one in. Oh, here's where we're going to go next. We're going to bring back Darth Maul demon, mm-hmm. basically. And then the third one's a prequel with yeah. Chad from Friends, the guy who works with Jennifer. Patrick, what's his name? Patrick, is it Patrick, Patrick Mc- yeah. McDermott. Is that it? No, um, uh, uh, Mulroney. Del- yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Who is atrocious in yeah. it. You got this lead girl who's not great in it either. It's kind of amusing because she's just getting increasingly beaten up throughout the entire film, which is really funny. She just keeps getting thrown around and then you see her in a wheelchair and then she gets thrown around. You see her in a neck brace and then yeah. she gets thrown around. She's got like scars and bruises. And <laughs> it almost, yeah, the third one feels, it feels like a spin-off to the series yeah. that they're forcefully trying to connect by bringing back Elise, who's the psychic in the first two, and then bringing back for a brief moment the main ghost from the first two, the the lady in black who attacks Elise and they're trying to tie in how that, how 
she is sort of after Elise in the first two films. But then, like, kind of break their own logic. There's, like, a bit I was telling you, Al, where they, they do mention this in the second, and it doesn't make sense then, and they don't mention it again here, where they say when they're in the other realm to the people that are alive, they're like, you're a, the thing, you have power over the dead because uh-huh. you're alive, so yeah. they'll never beat you. So, when people are, <laughs> feel where, Thanks, when people are like, imbued with this, with, this, uh, with this message, they can suddenly, like, push the ghost. Oh, it's terrible. Flying into walls and... Make the ghost scary. Yeah. And so, like, Bethany and I were talking about this after we watched the third. And it's like, well, by that logic, none of them should fear going to the no. other realm or fear the ghosts at all because they have power over And them. you have an elderly Lin Shay pulling Matrix Kung Fu moves on ghosts. It's yeah. fucking stupid. That does sound amazing. Cool. And it is annoying because, yeah, I agree with you. Like, the ghost in it is kind of creepy, but they never define him. And at least in the first one, they define, okay, it's a yeah, demon. Yeah. And you just go, demons mm-hmm. are evil. In yeah. the second one, it's a ghost and they give you the back history to it. This one, it's like, you don't really know what it is or why it's doing anything it's doing. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's just there to be spooky. And it was written and directed that time by Leigh Whannell. Yeah. Who also stars in it as well. Yeah. And he does not have the talents get for the, directing. Get the paranormal uh, investigator's backstory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we have the two sort of comedy paranormal, uh, which we're going to play into a bit in the conjuring mm. as well. There's so many weird overlaps. So, another an overlap which I saw today. So, the, the thing in Insidious, the, the, the central theme is that, that some people, like some living humans have this ability to astral travel, astral project, <laughs> uh-huh, which means in their uh-huh. sleep, they can leave their bodies and travel to okay. other dimensions although it just seems like they travel to the ghost world which is really (laughs) shit and just like full of ghosts there and then the idea is then that demons can latch around the sort of physical bodies of these astral travelers because they're vulnerable to them being possessed because they're not their souls departed so if an astral traveler is too far from their body and can't return it makes their physical body weaker and gives the demons strength to possess them am i correct sure yeah so and and so then the whole theme with insidious is that they literally show you all of that yeah now in the conjuring they had a moment today which i noticed where patrick wilson's character describes demons and he says that demons latch on to people Mm -hmm. and basically describes the same theme as as insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciated that it was like, cool. We're gonna, he's just going to tell consistent. you what it is, why they're doing it. Yeah. It's one and, of rare, it's like, rare well, times in cinema, don't show it, just yeah. tell it. And it was just tell it. And it was like short and just concise and clear. It was like, this is what happens. These white demons are here. This is what they do. And we should say with the insidious films as well, if you're confused going through them, they admit they don't, they never think of sequels. They're like, no, we yeah. make the best one we can. And then in the next one, we'll figure out how to retrofit. And to be fair, part two, fit. They do a lot of mm-hmm. retrofitting that kind yeah. of works. It all loops into the part one. But yeah, you can tell as well because it's so muddled. So yeah. muddled. And I'm interested how much to do that with the Conjuring and at what point they decided, oh no, there's a Conjuring universe and we're going to marvel this up. Mm-hmm. At what point they started actually planning things because I don't know. We're going to discuss that as we go through week after week. Yeah, because well, I'll, I'll bring it up when you talk about the start of the film. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean, my personal feelings are no one needs to worry about it. <laughs> my personal feelings are... It's not like they're terrible, like we've covered obviously yep. way worse, but I got nothing out of the Insidious movies that unless you're just like, I've seen all the big spooky movies and I just need some more that are watchable. They're yeah. totally watchable. You're going to laugh at them quite a bit. You're going to be confused. But 
and not to show my hand with this one we're about to talk about today but if you're going to those before you're coming to the conjuring i don't know what you're doing yeah like <laughs> the conjuring and insidious the first like the conjuring and insidious both on netflix yes you know so when you get through i feel like insidious is one because there's also a, a really bad selection of horror films on netflix there are indeed. Mm-hmm. then if you're in that moment where you're really scraping the barrel and you haven't seen insidious yeah. You could do worse, it. for sure. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting from, you like we're saying, a weird historical perspective of how you could- What the difference between a $20 million yeah. and a $5 million even between Insidious 2 and mm-hmm. Conjuring uh, by the same director in the same year with some of the same actors. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so here we are, The Conjuring. Now, now we have to talk about something else for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Based on a true story, Shannon. Uh-huh. Does that fill you with joy? No. <laughs> no, it does not. The opposite. So I want to. I'm gonna at the end of each episode. I'm gonna talk about a section I'm gonna call in real life when we're gonna talk Great. about what Great. really happens in each thing. I'm not gonna be as comprehensive as some podcasts because I'm not gonna dedicate myself. I've read articles. I've watched interviews. I've like looked into all of the people who have really looked into all of this mm-hmm. and like siphoned through. And I do own the books, which we will get to. One of the daughters Ooh, here cool. wrote thousands. <laughs> pages about what the things that happened in this house when they were doing stuff (sighs) but this movie so this is how they sell it and we're used to it now we're savvy we appreciate hollywood lies to us that's what i was about to say it's that the based on a true story in itself has become almost like a horror trope yeah yeah so like if you read that normally you just kind of think maybe nothing is based on a true story (laughs) however more of it is based on a true story than you might think oh god but what is a true story? I mean, it's a story that people told, you know, mm. um, mm-hmm. who were living in the house. But in terms of what actually happened, again, we'll get more to that at the end. My problem that I'm going to have throughout this whole series, and I just want to say this up front because I'm going to try and divorce it. Now, we talk a lot on our regular show and on some of our previous shows about can you divorce art from the artist? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very important, interesting discussion. And normally it comes into play on litigiously terrible things, you know, like Weinstein or now Kevin's spacey or victor salva with the jeepers creepers movies people where there are you know clear lines of when you don't do you want to support their movies even if they're Mm. not making money like all of these things we're not going to get into that Mm. however this these films have a similar thing in a different way the warrens are indeed real sadly lorraine passed away this year actually in 2019 and ed passed away in 2006 um, and they spent their entire life being pretty much America's most famous paranormal investigators. And they investigated thousands of cases. They indeed have a room that is full of all of these items that they've taken from different cases that are meant to be haunted or possessed or whatever. It's called a museum. That's a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should a visit mistake. it. No. Uh, we, we should absolutely should. visit it. Um, it's called <laughs> a museum because guess what? You can pay to go and check out this room full of spooky things. That tracks. We guess should go what? Too. You can pay, a hun- or you could pay $100 to go and have lunch with Lorraine. They would never take money for going to the places to do things. However, I don't like to, like, uh, I don't like to slander people. I don't like to, you know, really cast in that way. But I do feel it's only responsible while talking about these films' true stories to talk both sides, the sides in the family. And decides from the Warrens. They're going to purport that this is 100% real. Both the parents and the Warrens supported this film immensely. They're both on record. They're both in interviews. They're both families were, you know, even on the Blu-rays of stuff. They're going to be there supporting this film publicly. It should be noted that the parents, like, again, their daughter had a book out the year before this. Uh-huh. A three-part book 
which they're trying to make money off of. These are people who, unlike how they're shown in this film, did not own a big house. This is a farmhouse of very little means. They did not have much money at all. And most of the people that the Warrens are going to be working with, are, they don't really get into it properly. The Warrens were incredibly religious, highly religious. And the people they would work with were almost always highly religious and almost always in desperate, dire situations where they had very little money. Mm. I am going to highlight things when we get to these post parts of the film that for me and everyone can make up their own minds that's fine because it could be wrong and evidence can point you to the incorrect conclusions obviously but to me pretty conclusively proved that the warrens were just hoaxes their entire lives and everything they did was just to make money and that that in itself i think is fine I don't really have a big problem with that unless they're emotionally hurting people. If they're helping people by lying to them yeah. and making money, fine. My bigger problem is that their legacy now is a series of movies where they're shown and cast as incredibly beautiful, handsome people who are incredibly virtuous, mm-hmm. meant to be reliable, and are seen as saviors sweeping into different people's homes and clearing up the messes that ghosts have caused. It's slightly less it's terrible in this film when we get to Deconjuring 2 gonna have a lot to say oh man about what really happened there but yeah i just want to put that up front i am going to try and cast aside the fact that from an ethical point of view i think actually the conjuring universe is terrible because i think it glamorizes two people who were fraudsters but there are worse things to do in the world so yeah whatever <laughs> just see are they good movies do we get spooked that's really mm-hmm. what we're gonna try and look mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. it's fucking real now <laughs> So no, it's a movie. Not. No, it's not. It's all fake. 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 <laughs> so Ed Warren played a tape of his interview with Carolyn Perrin to producer Tony De Rosa Grunt, who was doing Archie's Weird Mysteries, amongst other things at mm-hmm. the time. And this was over 20 years before this movie was made. And this guy ended up still producing this movie. He had wanted to make this for 20 oh my years God. trying to get this movie made. Uh, James Wan was looking at the haunting. And like we said, let's get Jessica to death and stuff like that for inspiration coming off of um, Death Sentence and Dead Silence and Saw. And Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga did both go out. They spent time with the Warrens in Connecticut to like try and, uh, well, with Lorraine, I guess, just at that point, to learn more about them and their lives and see how they how they were. And the Warrens served as consultants for this film. Now, it should be noted, there's going to be a scene at the end of this film that's going to mention Long Island Incident. Does mm-hmm. that mean anything to you too? No. Amityville. So that is indeed meant to be setting up, you've heard of the Amityville? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's meant to be setting up the Amityville <laughs> horror. One of the most famous haunting in America of all time has spawned over 17 movies, I believe now. Is it really? Yeah. But the rights are weird, so anyone can kind of make them. Mm. The Warrens were in- involved mm-hmm. with the Amityville. It was then revealed to be a complete hoax that was invented and plus the killer even in that who Ryan Reynolds plays in the remake, the Michael Bay remake. They just they were trying to find ways. He killed his family and the lawyer even admitted they were just trying to find things that they could say to let him off. So like going to demons possessing him was as far into insanity you could go. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're not going to talk about the Amityville. There's a lot to talk about there and I'm not well versed enough. But I do know it's pretty much conclusively revealed to be a hoax. So we already have painted the Warrens in a bit of a bad brush for being involved with that. They're going to mess with the timeline here. They'd have been involved with that before this case, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. But yeah, so they're going to mess with the order of that. The real Perrin family, like I said, they're involved. They visited the set. And the daughter of the family, Andrea Perrin, wrote a three-part book on her experiences in the house entitled House of Darkness, House of Light, which was not really used for the film. It was more the Warrens 
companion piece. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. the Warrens <laughs> records basically, mm-hmm. and their interviews was what was really used to uh, to tell the story in this film. However, Andrea Perrin did say this is all basically what happened, other than one big change, which we'll get to at the end. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And she cites the film as a work of art and not a work of fiction. Interesting. Oh, fucking hell! Uh. <sighs> okay. I do also want to say in the cast, Bathsheba Sherman, which is the correct name for mm-hmm. the supposed witch slash demon that haunts this house, was played by Joseph Bishara. Do you recognize that name that I he just said? the composer. The composer. That's crazy. What? Who also played the veil ghost out. in the Insidious movies while doing the music for those. Multi-talented. Loves to play transgender ghosts in yeah. the movies yeah. he's doing uh, music for. Good for um, him. That over there. Warner so Brothers. So much to unwrap. So much, guys. So much. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, it's going to be a long one. <laughs> Warner Brothers logo, big horns. Alex. <laughs> Alex very nicely pointed out Insidious was more strings. Yeah. This is more horns. Insidious was more. And this was more. Well, that was End more of, of a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're coming into port. Uh, yeah. Uh, someone on YouTube had written that this theme um, sounded like the Inception theme had been raped by a demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Which I'm, all, I'm all for that. I like the big old noises. Yeah. Um, when you're doing the spooky, I'm fine with that. Shannon is quoted here in my notes as saying, this is going to be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we open somewhat surprisingly with a shot of Annabelle. Loved it. Yeah. Okay. I was confused. Question. First question. Because we open on Annabelle, I mean... <laughs> Has James Wan already planned the Annabelle film at this point? Or is this just to be kind of to introduce us to the Warrens? Like, do, is there any My, insight I read into up that? as much as I could. Like I said, they did a little pretty upfront about most of the time they just do a film and then figure out a sequel later. I'm trying to plan some stuff. My feeling with this film, because we're going to go into a lot. Um, and like you said, Alex, all oh, the beauty of that room is you can then make a sequel spin off with anything. Yeah. In that yeah. Is that, yeah, they were throwing up. They were aware they might be able to do something with this. Annabelle is a true case that they had. They have Annabelle in the case in that room. So it was just one of those things where obviously, you know, he would have gone to the room and seen everything and then picked out what could they maybe use for different side stories. And yeah, I'm sure in the back of their head, they're like, we could always do more maybe with, I mean, they featured a Japanese costume yeah. a lot in mm-hmm. those shots and yeah. nothing's happened with that yet. In the, the monkey. It's coming. The monkey or monkey shines. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. But it is interesting that we're not starting with the central story. We're starting with Annabelle. We're setting up the Warrens. There are three, like, student nurses, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in 68. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that close-up on Annabelle. Beautiful. So I found out. <sighs> it's a great first shot. Yeah. Telling the Warrens about the doll, and they're saying, and it's a little confusing, because they're saying there's a seven-year-old girl who's in their care called Annabelle Higgins who died. Yeah. yeah. But then they start talking about she asked permission to go into the doll, which they're like, yeah, sure. Was like so she must have done that before she died, right? Was- yeah, this bit confused me a little I was bit, confused. and also because having only seen Annabelle creation, mm. I was like, "Wait a minute, are we going to get three different origin like, stories for Annabelle?" Does it tie in? It does not tie in at mm. all. I just love that the guy in the purple shirt was like sitting next to these two women, just like clearly <laughs> hating yeah, everything yeah. and saying nothing. I was like, "I'm with you, dude." Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I was just thinking this was going to be a yeah, fun party night with three idea. student nurses. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, it, there's a point there in that sort of early explanation where I was like, oh, I guess it doesn't really matter. You just have to know if she's possessed. Yeah. No, completely. Uh, but it's the explanation that they're going to give because we're going to get like some 
couple of shots. I like the setup for this. You've got Annabel playing with crayons. Mm-hmm. They yep. throw her out. Miss the dustbin. She's banging in the night. I love how big these bangs are. Yeah. James oh. Wan's not in for subtlety. So, I'll like, say one of the first big knocks, jump one. So, just to explain <laughs> this to our listeners who have listened to me on other <laughs> retrospectives, because most of the other ones I've done have been slashes where there's a high kill count. You know, we knew that there wouldn't be such a high kill count in this. So, Al suggested I do a jump count. And I don't mean just a regular jump scare in general. It's a how much, how often does Shannon jump? <laughs> so, we've got asshole. jump one, Annabelle knocks. <laughs> Annabelle knocks. It was knocks. a very scary knock. That'd be a good for a sequel you just gave. Yeah. Annabelle knocks. James Wan, give me a call. I'm also Australian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could work something out. Don't you remember? We used to be friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, they get, so she's doing some knocking at the doors. Again, um, Ed Warren's saying that Annabelle is not the little girl. It's an inhuman spirit, which is something that's never walked the earth in human form, something that's demonic, and it wants to get inside of the girls. Which, again, is just like a bit confusing because she, if she asked to go inside the doll, she has yeah. to have asked before she died. Which is then, well, was she possessed before she died? Did the demon then just use the moment of death? See, I to, didn't uh, think that they were talking about a physical little girl. I thought it was like the house was haunted and the girl asked to go and the haunting asked to go inside the, de- the oh, doll. That's really? what I thought they were talking about. I mean, you might be right because it's very vague. Well, I'm very smart. <laughs> well, they're not because they're like, we're nurses. Of course, we let it possess the doll. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. No, that's my like first note of like, you dumb fucks. You deserve what you get. <laughs> I have no sympathy for you. If I hear a voice, it's like, is it okay if I possess this thing? No, bitch. I do want to say there's a lot of swearing coming from Shannon during oh, yeah. this film. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. No, this no, is, no, don't no. let Please. your children listen to this. <laughs> Or do. Your choice. I also want to say, as we said for Patrick Wilson, immediately better in this than in the Insidious films. Immediately. Um, and Vera Farmiga, wonderful as always. Mm-hmm. She, she's perfect. She's great. <laughs> she's perfect. Wow, you had a moment there. She's like, yeah. she's like Kate Blanchett level. She's just yeah. really yeah, great. She is. She's great. Just so natural. Like, just mm-hmm. so effortless, which I yeah. really appreciate. Patrick Wilson's sideburns. Good job. Yeah. Whether they're I'm real into or not. It. It's, it's doesn't matter. I'm into yeah. it. Well, like that that clip we watched last week in the I Know What Urban Legends you did last summer of that guy's <laughs> sideburns. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, uh, I love this setup because we're getting this cool opening. Immediate spookies. Nice pacing to yep. it. And then we're Warren's just showing this clip to a room full of students. Nice organic mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah. You, you, you know that someone who wrote for Baywatch Nights is involved with this group. 100%. Yes. Story within a story. Yes. That's all they do. It's wonderful. And I like this. We're setting up with the Warrens as yet. Yeah, these teachers in school as well. They go to priests to do a blessing, get rid of the spirit. They really like, go, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Annabelle's in a case in the house. Don't worry yeah. about it. No big deal. She's someplace safe. As soon as I said that, I was like, you're fucked. <laughs> And then we get a freeze frame, very freeze 70s style. Yeah, that's mm. funny. She's what he's going for. He's really into 70s stuff, and I love that shit. And we get a blurb come up about the Warrens. Love it. Explaining to us who they are, why they're so important, why they're so cool. And then they say that this is their most terrifying case. Yeah. They've kept it locked away until yeah. now. Bad idea for sequels, guys. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> because true. then it means anything else we watch is going to be, oh, this is the third most terrifying yeah. case. Yeah. Here's some we didn't keep locked away. Enjoy, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but this is their 10th most terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This one barely yeah, registered. Yeah, barely. It's go. fine. <laughs> 1971, Rhode Island. We're introduced now to the parents. Oh, just to rewind. The Conjuring title. So cool. Yeah. So, so cool. cool. So 70s, but just so mm-hmm. cool. I, re- I enjoyed that. Yeah. And also was terrified by it. So, you know, job well done. Super job well done. 
Ron Livingston. Hello, Ron. Moving <laughs> into a house with his wife, played by what's her face? I've already forgotten the name. Where is it? Her name is Lily. Lily Taylor. Now, I don't mean to sound mean. Mm-hmm. Not a believable parent. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think so? No. I, I, well, in the way that they were interacting with one another, even in the beginning, I was like, you guys don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, no. I can see that, I guess. They just don't feel like, yeah, either both in acting and in just the way they yeah. look and then the way to dress. I just, I don't believe this at all. There's, I don't know. It, there was almost like a weird age pairing to it maybe yeah. i'm not sure he's definitely younger for sure yeah he he came across say. as younger than her which is fine which is fine which doesn't like it doesn't i don't know there's just something that was jarring yeah, about true. it but i think it had a lot to do with the fact that just their chemistry in that first scene seemed to be yeah, off and we're meeting them and i think i'm bringing stuff into it as well ron livingstone i see as a bit nerdy but also like quite cute and mm-hmm. cool her, I see in movies as the crazy person normally. Yes. <laughs> so I was right. like, this just feels weird, but I might just be bringing that into the film. I don't yeah. Know. But however, apparently they do like each other because they've been having a lot of sex because there's an in- uncountable oh, yeah. so amount many. of kids to begin with. Mm-hmm. So many Really confusing. Kids. And we're going to, there's five? There's it? five. Yeah, we five were sort girls. of talking back They're and forth trying girls. to count them. All girls. All Why girls. are girls creepier than boys? But they are. Well, Scarier. I mean, the omen. I think it's the long, the, the shining girls. That's what it makes me think of. The dog won't go in the house. No, no. Should have listened to the dog. Yeah. Dog Should have burnt the motherfucker down right then and there. Yeah. Again, we're getting a juxtaposition here, though, because they're going to claim they got no money and blah, blah, blah. This is a huge fucking house. Yeah, it is. It's huge. a great estate yeah. of land. They got a lake out the back. They got a huge creepy tree that's clearly haunted. Yeah. But is it implied that. Because they got it, we find out later that they got it at bank, at a yeah. bank yeah. auction. So it's, so it's foreclosed like, on. Yeah, yeah, super cheap. They're just trying to get around down. it. Yeah. But you can go online and see the actual photos of the house. It's like, I think it's even single layer. It's not in multiple stories. It does have a barn next to it, but it's very run down and dilapidated mm-hmm. kind of look. It is not. It's not how this is, but it's this movie spooky house. Yeah. So we got to go with it. Yeah. They it don't have, have the house itself has to have like a face facade. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Which is very much an Amityville thing. Amityville had those very iconic curved mm-hmm. windows. Yeah. There it is. There you go. Oh, that's the actual house? There's the house. Uh, the house. Wonderful that. single sh- roaming shot house. as we explore the geography of the house. I think this is great storytelling from James Wan. Mm-hmm. He's showing stuff that. that he's never shown in any of the Insidious movies. He's showing here immediately to me. Good intro. Great single shot. You need to show, we're going to spend most of our time in this house. We need to understand the geography. Mm -hmm. And he's going to show that immediately to us in a single shot. Great choice. So, April. And now, I'll be honest. When they mention the kid's name, I might note it down. It's fucking confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's basically a kid who, right at the beginning, she's out near the tree by the lake. And she finds what we're going to, is the mirror music box. Mm -hmm. This place is creepy tune. That, spoilers, is going to become a theme for the Conjuring universe is this tune. Oh, great. Really just because it's a creepy tune. Rory, yeah. I don't believe, has anything to do with anything yeah. else. So she's that's that kid's gonna be music box kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really her job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she finds it out by the tree, like pff, that's not where that goes. Yeah, I don't know who took it there to begin with, but whatever. Rory. Yeah, but Rory's not I don't know, because he's not moving anything else. That's true. The kids are playing a game of hide and seek, so we're gonna set up now something that James Wan, I've heard some people call these traps. Uh, you can call them setups, you can mm-hmm. call them whatever, like, but he is very good at setting up. Here's a conceit that I'm introducing, and obviously we're going to use this for spooky means later. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, he does it literally in Saw because they're literal traps and mm-hmm. setups. And in this, and in Insidious to a degree, you can come up with, a, here's a cool idea, we're going to play with that later. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a great one. 
the kids to basically play hide and seek. You blindfold mm-hmm. one the person who's seeking, and then the people who are hiding they get to be demanded to clap three times while they stumble around in areas where you would die. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. What? This is not a safe game. No, like at all. I think when you're playing upstairs and there's yeah. a banister. And- no, not at all. But it's a cool idea. Feels believable. And these kids immediately, they're all great. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are great. The kids are, great. The kids are really great. Although, yeah, in that first sort of opening, it was it was hard to kind of keep count of them yes. and distinguish them. Yeah. So <laughs> many. So, playing this game, they accidentally find a secret part of the house, which is a hidden cellar. Jump to? Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the well, board ju- falls off. Right. And <laughs> and uh, Ron Livingston's like, I wonder why I was boarded up. <laughs> I just wrote down like things did, people yeah. say before they die. You uh, dickbag. Yeah, and rather than ask his family, "Hey, anyone, uh, anyone seen that torch that we've got around?" He's like, <laughs> yeah. "Anyone, uh, anyone got matches? Anyone got yeah. matches that go out every ten seconds so yeah. we can play the match scene uh, in a horror yeah. film?" I did like that you sort of accidentally did a deep cut uh, nod there. Where you did an impression of Ron Limiston by putting on the Goofy voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he was cast as Goofy and Swingers. <laughs> So, yeah, they do some spooky things down there in the, in the cellar, but nothing really happens. The wife wakes up to a bruise on her leg, which I'll be honest, in this film, the thing that upsets me the most are her, her bruises. Yeah. Because if I wake up they with bruises, I'm intense. like, I'm internally dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freak me out immediately. Yeah. But she's just like, look what you did to me I mean, in even, bed. even Ron's like, maybe you should go to a doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's just an iron deficiency. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, teenager, by the way, complete bitch. Oh, yeah. She hates everything. <laughs> but that track, she's a teenager. But then it doesn't really play into anything later. You're waiting for her then to be defined in a crucial moment. But yeah. she's actually just like completely placid for the rest of the movie. Yeah, meeting. she's probably my least favorite of the girls, mainly because she's just so fucking boring. I lost her uh, other than those two bits where she's bitchy and then she flirts with the James Wan lookalike. That's yeah, it. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I never that really moment. noticed her again. She says there was a terrible smell in her bedroom last night that smelled like rotting flesh, but it yeah. was gone by the morning. They're I mean, called ghost farts. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've got on my notes. <laughs> I do appreciate that it's like there's a smell attached. I've never, I, I yeah. mean, I've never, I never watched one of these movies where they're like, oh, ghosts are smelly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, normally like, uh, what's on that last night, weirdly, won't we? But yeah, a lot of people report when there's going to be ghosts, you smell burning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So burning makes sense, but not like rotting meat. Rotting meat. Like, you know, Yeah, which doesn't really make smell. sense. Although it's going to be the decomposed body, but it's not the actual body, it's the spiritual body. I so know. That's they're like, in the further. Well, like yeah. in, in Indonesia growing up, they'd say if a certain type of flower, like if you could smell it in your house- that meant like the presence of a good spirit. What if you have the flower in your house? Well, then you know. But like, if it's like, <laughs> Ghost if, confirmed. If, if you don't have the thing in your house, Is and it's just like a random occurrence. I like that you said positive, a, like a yeah. good ghost. Yeah. Is there a smell for a bad spirit? Don't know. Oh. Pickle. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. love pickles. Yeah. Ghost farts. There's a there's a there's a positive ghost in Insidious Three, and it can fuck right off. <laughs> Yeah, that one was was awful. Oh, God. Katie nearly threw things at our screen. Just that whole bit. Anyway. Anyway, so they're looking for the basement. The furnace is down there. So, if they boarded it up, there's been no heating, I guess, in this house for ages. Mm -hmm. And even when they get it going, they're saying, oh, it's still really cold. Right. And yet, they all sleep on top of their covers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which which I get. And and like the cold thing, that's like an old school. I mean, that's a- yeah. Ghost trope. That makes sense. Yeah. Chilly, chilly. And I mean, I love the thing. It's in almost, it's, I mean, it's in so many horror films across the subgenres of horror films, but I love something that's covered in a sheet. 
Oh, and yeah. just like the panning around a room and just mm-hmm. and that tension, how that just automatically just ramps up. Yeah. That your sort of sense of anticipation and tension. I mean, you love it. I hate it. All <laughs> 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 I was doing was looking around that basement like there's something behind that, there's something behind that. We're all going to die. This is the worst. Get out of the fucking basement. That's why it's so good. We'll, we'll count by the end how many people die. The clocks are stopped at 3.07. Mm-hmm. It keeps happening to all the clocks. So clearly something happened at 3.07. Dog, dead. Again, always listen to the dog. Left it outside overnight, and then it died. That death number one, Alex. Mm-hmm. Kill one. How many kills are there in this movie? We will see, but that is kill one. It's kill one. Off to a quick body count. Yeah. Now we're going to come back to Monroe, Connecticut. We're at the Warrens' home. We're introduced to their museum that we've already talked about with all this stuff in there. This in- interviewer wants to see the Annabelle. We're seeing a samurai suit as a toy monkey. We got a nice reflection shot. Of Patrick Wilson in mm-hmm. the Annabelle case, which I like. Yeah. That's cool. I do like at this point the parallel stories that we're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we're letting it. We're letting it sort of just be a slow burn in the house with the family, and then we're just kind of slowly getting to know the Warrens yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I was. It. Yeah, whenever it first started, I was like, "Did we put in the wrong? Like, is this the wrong movie? Are we right. watching? I'm not. Are we watching Animal now? Like, uh, I was very confused at first. Um, but then as I went on, I was like, great. Not only do I have one spooky story <laughs> I have to deal with, I got two. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. And a room full of spooky. <laughs> yeah. You got like nine. The house is going to have nine, but we're, we're, a lot, I mean, many things. Yeah, something, we're going to establish it as something happened to Lorraine Warham and at a exorcism that they just did. Right. And also, they also have a daughter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was confusing. It makes me never want to have a little girl easily possessed. But also the, the girl that they well. cast as their daughter could easily have been cast as yes. one of the daughters. So that was very All like just brown haired girls. Yeah, yeah. But it's a real it's a true story, guys. So what are you gonna do? I know, but I'm just saying, like you can change it up. <laughs> that, you can do. that night at the parents' house, one of the daughters' feet keeps getting grabbed by something. Jump three. <sighs> Joey King in bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Ron wakes up to some knocks and then a door creaking open. And now I have to say, doors creaking open, the oldest staple of any horror mm-hmm. film. So good. They do it maybe 50 times they do in this it movie. so many times. And it works really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, every time. Even every time single time. I was like, God fucking damn it. It doesn't even cost you anything. Yeah. Even the one time they get you later on when um, Cop comes out of the bathroom. Oh, yep. yeah. Still works. Wish it was, wish yep. it was Dewey. <laughs> right, yeah. Andrea tells him that Cindy is sleepwalking again. See, we're going to learn one of the kids. Andrea's a teenager one, isn't Yeah, it? I think Andrea's yeah, the yeah, oldest. Yeah. Cindy's sleepwalking and she's banging her head against the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Astral traveling, Al? I think she's in the further yeah. as we speak. Yeah. They said they're not meant to wake her when she's in this, in this state of mind. She's too far away. Too far away. She won't come back. Mm-hmm. The wife wakes up with another bruise. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably not eating enough meat. <laughs> Or taking too much. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Wow. You took it a step back. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. I just kicked yep. that door down. Oh nope, we're done God. now. <laughs> <laughs> and I quit. A pigeon is flying into the house. I'll be honest. I never understand why the birds have anything to do with anything in this movie. Yeah, I... I, I didn't get with the birds. I was like, we just, it was like scary on top of scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like your your sauce on top of already a scary sandwich. You just mm-hmm. like didn't need it. Yeah. Although. It but did, it's a true story. Yeah. Do, do we think the birds really happened? Yeah, I'll be true. honest. I didn't look into the birds, but Based we can on only presume story. since they said it was I true. Mean, I mean, my friend Tom, his house, a bird, birds are always dive bombing his house. And I know this is what I told him. And once a bird dive bombed, hit a window and f- fell and we saw it skewered 
like on that a house stick. is fucking haunted. <laughs> that was Get out your of friend the Tom out of there immediately. Skewed <laughs> on a stick. It's <laughs> the house James <laughs> lived in with Tom in Minnesota. Haunted. <laughs> Get well, them out it's of official, there. Tom. Get out of your house. Get out of your house. <laughs> get out. Run. Yeah. I feel like it attaches to the people. Yeah. That's true. Tom may not really be Tom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Whew. So, here we're going to finally get an establishing shot of the four girls heading to school and then the young one is still in the house. So, finally, we're all like, oh, okay, there's five girls. Because we honestly yeah, that's, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> and yeah, the young one is still in the house is talking to someone with the music box sitting out. This is going to be Rory. Her mom wants to see him. And she says, when the music box, you have to crank it up. And when the music box stops, you're going to need a mirror in there with this cool spiral, which is very jigsaw. Yeah. When it stops turning. And the mirror is like not even flat. It's just off. So as it turns, you're going to see different parts of the room, which is Mm -hmm. a genius touch because it allows for a good spook later. Yeah. And when it stops playing the music and it stops rotating, you're going to see Rory standing behind you. Jump three. Uh, Jump four. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a jumpy person. Because we don't see Rory, but we see... A little girl. Which is a little girl. Being a dick. James Wan, I do appreciate. He's been more patient here than in the Insidious movies, I feel. Mm-hmm. He's like- Oh, very much so. Gradually flexing things out, setting yeah. up different things. There's a lot to think about here. Yeah, because that's what I was about to say. I think there's there's so much in this with- And then coming from both the Warren story and this story mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I appreciate too that he's just taking his time, fleshing it out and kind of dropping in these little ideas. Yeah. And I think the first time I saw this movie and I wasn't paying full attention, it seemed like a lot. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. so you're setting up the basement is spooky. Yeah. The tree is spooky. Mm -hmm. The mirror box is spooky. The wardrobe Mm -hmm. is spooky. Yeah. It's like, how many? Yeah, there's a lot of spooky. There's nowhere to hide. Normally in a horror film, you set up one place. It's like, don't go into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's your core, Yvonne. You know, by the end of the film, they got to go into that. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like, there's so many fucking things going on. Yeah. So, I can get why it could be overload for people. And it can definitely seem like it's, you know, you're at a theme park. You know what I just thought? Insidious, the main haunted room is in the attic mm-hmm. in this. In, in the, the cellar. In the basement. Mm-hmm. Up and down. <laughs> I'm still just feeling ashamed about the meat jokes. I want to retract that. No, <laughs> that, that is public record. Cannot be Too much removed. meat, you said. Cannot be removed. Yeah, that was the true horror. Mm-hmm. Oh, upsets me. Um, but how does it wind up on our leg? so they're playing hide and clap and the rule is you get three claps and the mother's following her daughter's claps and then she goes to the wardrobe we get this cool they could use excellent use of depth of field here so you're always just seeing out of focus and the arms come out of the wardrobe and do the clap and then the daughter's behind her yeah man hands man hands yeah which there isn't a man ghost in this i know So they I don't just, know who they just look so big and like yeah they do yeah. I think I'm sure it was a choice to make it clear that it's not the little girl's hands that's true that is true it's cool it's good spooky super <laughs> spooky Ron has learned he's got to go away for a, a weak job with his rig and we don't really know what happens yeah it, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even feel well and he doesn't really there's like one night when we see he's yeah, not around there's one night that he's gone but they in theory are dealing with this every single night is yeah. what it seems like mm-hmm. so I feel like that was a whole plot point that just didn't matter because he's in the movie yeah it never feels like he's gone yeah for a prolonged so, I mean, I there's any ask, like trepidation to that how long do you get that? the feeling because time is weird it jumps in here how long mm-hmm. do you think these, this takes place over 
I mean, a, a month. Yeah, like but from the just... beginning, like the first, oh, from the first like stuff we see with the family, or from the first time that the Warrens are involved. From when the, they move into. Oh, I feel like it's probably a. F- a couple months then a few months right i feel like it's probably going on for a month or so before the warrens are involved and then the actual like eradication of the spirit takes a couple takes a couple weeks because when they get the warrens involved they say one of them says like it's intensified right they say like it's been getting worse these last few nights she's the mom says that she sought them out that she was looking for them What's the real life? I mean, I'm going to do that again, but here's a little teaser. In real life, they lived in this house for 10 years. That's stupid. No. That's stupid. (laughs) Nighttime. The kid gets dragged a little bit more and we get a really cool shot. Jump five. (laughs) Joey King in bed again. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good one. Which is like dragged up by the Just to be fair to Shannon as well. Some of these jumps, I jumped as well. Also jumped. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. But they were predominantly all your jumps. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a cool scene. She then looks under the bed. You're expecting, yeah. obviously, the typical under the bed, pan back and forth. But instead, while looking underneath, she sees the door creaking shut. Yeah. yeah. Not a great door creak. Aww. Really cool. And then we have this awesome twisting shot that goes from upside yeah. down. I love that. a couple of those that are great. There, your expectation is that. Well, mine anyway was when we come back up, it's going to be there yep. on the bed. Yep. No. And it's like, nope, we're not. We're just going to keep 100%. playing with it. I hate it. And that's it. where that twenty million dollars is going. Like he's using it for cool toys mm-hmm. that he can tell the story better with, and I appreciate yeah. that. But then Christine can see something behind the door. Love this. We're not going to get to see love it. Which I love. Thank God. It's so dark. Um, and then the sister goes over there and it's like, there's nothing there, there's nothing there, but she can smell something. Mm-hmm. And Go then the door just slams <laughs> shut. Slam shots, jump five, mega scream <laughs> slash door. And I say mega scream because you let out a mega scream. That was a mega scream. <laughs> I warned you both this was going to happen. It was a good one. <sighs> Uh, um, you didn't leave though. So I didn't. Yeah, well done. I didn't. I was so buried. <laughs> and I love this bit like when the parents come in and then the daughter's like there. Like the kid who was there like saying standing by the door. She looks freaked yeah, out. She yeah. didn't yeah. see anything. Yeah. But she's just like, what the fuck yeah. is happening? Well, yeah. that would, that's almost worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Christine's saying that a person talked to her and said it wants her family dead. So despite Ed wanting Lorraine not to join him, they go to a job together. Now, it's clearly, again, we're setting up that she's been through something, but we don't know what at mm-hmm. this point. They head to a job together and they're going to a couple and they're basically proving that this couple who think they're haunted, they're not. It's just to do with the heating system and stuff in the house. Now, this scene, again, I'm trying to push aside the slanderous nature mm-hmm. of these movies because you can be slanderous in both ways. But this is here to make us believe, oh, the Warrens are reliable. Yeah, right. about they're the good people. They aren't really going to swindle anyone. Yeah. And, and and I think later on when the mother meets them, they they sort of reemphasize that point again. Of yeah. Like, most you know, things, most are things are just, yeah, there's a rational explanation for them. Yeah. So it's interesting that they... Which again... There might be more iterations. You know, people who know these people, I don't like to say what's real and what's not real. I did not know them. But from what I've read, <laughs> this is not how they were. Mother Perrin, she's got more bruises on her. His <sighs> kids' voices at night goes to have a little investigate. Again, I'm finding it weird because Ron's just not there. We didn't get to say goodbye to him. Time yeah. lapses are just happening. We're really confused with what's going on, but yeah. whatever. All the pictures get thrown off the wall and somehow none of the kids wake up. Jump seven. Right? Paintings fall off the wall. <laughs> well, and then she walks down the stairs with broken glass in slippers. 
Bitch, yeah. put some shoes on. You know you gotta run. <laughs> so wait, is she? Have we already passed the bit where she's taking the pills? The mother. Yeah. So what were those pills for? They're iron. It was for iron deficiency. Right, okay. It said something iron, and then like fancy medical word. Yeah, that completely went over my head, and I was like, not mine. For some reason, I don't know if I was confusing it with another horror film, but I was like, oh, is she depressed? Right, mm. right, right. Is she being medicated for something, and and then. And it must be confusing with something else because then in my head I was going down like, oh, this this is playing that line of yeah. medication, maybe do it, yeah, uh, individual or someone that's possessed. yeah, self abuse, mm-hmm. yeah, like also, yeah, mm-hmm. right. but it's but it's the iron, no, no, just the iron, sense. Yeah. yeah, okay, well, great. But also, strikes. Ron's beating her. Fucking goofy. Clock strikes three, and then she hears the double clap. <laughs> Love it. And we get the scene that was the teaser trailer. Now, we did show this to you beforehand, yeah. Shannon, so obviously you were prepped for it. Yeah, It I is did. the scariest bit in a movie, I feel, but if we thought it was only fair to prep you for what you would be getting involved with if you did this series. I appreciate that. But yeah, the teaser gives away all of this, and it's fucking great. It's mm-hmm. a great scene as she walks around, the door to the basement opens, the piano plays three notes, we get a terribly painful-looking fall downstairs. Excellent yeah. stunt for So good. Incredible. Yeah. And then a ball gets thrown out at her from the mm-hmm. basement. Shannon was not happy. No. Light bulb blows. And then she lights a match and we get the clap, clap. And then a voice going, hey, want to play clap night? No. Love it. This is my note Which, after this scene is burn the fucking house down. All caps with exclamation marks. <laughs> um, and we also have jump eight. <laughs> the hide and clap. Hide and clap. <laughs> <laughs> camera pulls away from the door to the basement and it's just skewed which is really trying to tell us I feel at this point oh she's become possessed at this point because she's locked in the in mm-hmm. the basement mm-hmm. but yeah. that's not what happens at that point the, and the bruises are this weird sort of try like the beginnings of possessing her we're yeah. going to learn some of the terminology in a minute sleepwalking daughter's back at the wardrobe banging her head at it astral traveling they can mm-hmm. just get rid of like they say oh this was already here when we moved it well maybe get yeah, it out yeah burn it like at least get the items out. The mirror right. box gone. Wardrobe gone. Yeah. Tree. Take that down. Um, and then they just fucking go for it. Now this is where yeah. he just decides. You know what? We're just we're gonna start following through. We're not gonna be playing coy. This is the roller coaster ride. We're so at we the get top of the thing now. What's she called? Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. The witch sitting on the top of the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Jump nine. Shannon did not Lady see above the closet. Mm-hmm. Pulling a face. Doing what he does in Insidious, just people in makeup. However, a little silly, but much better than Insidious. Much, much better. I, and I think also it's because we're not we're not going to see it as like it's going to it's going to be quick, you know what I mean? The edit's going to be quick. We're not going to focus too much time on Bathsheba's face. Yeah, editing's better, makeup's yeah. better, music, I think, is better, yeah. camera movement's better, yeah. acting's better. Yeah. Lighting's Scary. better. It works. All of it. It's all better. Um, jumps down onto the daughter just as the Ron is getting back home from wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Off He's been for a week, trucking. Right, just comes back in the middle of the night. <laughs> he does not look like a, he's, he's yeah. such a strange character. Yeah. So now we're going to cut to the Warrens teaching another class. Again, they haven't been introduced yet. I do like that moment though. He runs in, everyone's panicking and he's like, can somebody tell me what's going on here? And then we cut straight outside and yeah. the house is just like, yeah, that was great. Hands back. Oh, the yeah. shots of the house uh, are incredible. Yeah. And the editing's cool. excellent in this mm-hmm. movie. So, yeah, the, the Warrens are teaching another class, this time showing an exorcism. And they're going to set up a few things. Number one is that an exorcism can be dangerous for everyone in the room and not just the person who's got the demon in them. Mm-hmm. So, is that because 
that people be, are like vulnerable then to the demon? Like, what, what was the what's the reason behind mean, that? Physically, but I think he was talking, yeah, emotionally because of what happened to Lorraine mm-hmm. right. from the last exorcism. Well, and Lorraine clearly has like some sort of power, like right? Where oh, she yeah. can see she things, is exactly, right? Yeah. So uh, we don't know what it is, but she most likely had a vision of some That's sort. Right. Yeah. Later on, he says, doesn't like after every time she yeah. like, loses a bit of herself. Takes yeah. a bit. You're of gonna learn what she saw in a future movie. Oh, anyway. great! Can't wait. <laughs> 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 and also they set up that Ed is not allowed to do exorcisms. He's only allowed to assist. He's not ordained. Ordained. Mm. And then they set up also how a possession works. There are three stages. Number one, infestation. Yep. These are the creepy noises. Creepy things happen in doors, creaking, people walking around. Number two, oppression. Oh. No. <laughs> Which is, I guess, the bruises and things like that. Yeah. Like trying to bully yeah. you. And finally, possession. P. Eop. IOP. I was ready that time. Yeah. The Eop, as it will forever now be known. The parent mother comes to us, the Warrens. Please, you got to come help us out. And they do. So, as soon as Lorraine gets into the house, I love these little things. We're going to see her face change a few times, and particularly when she sees the yeah. kids. Again, love that we don't see this. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. just getting reaction. We're getting subtle Vera Famiga acting. Yeah. yeah. Although, at first, whenever she meets Ron Livingston, my thought was like, did they used to sleep together? What is this face? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good looking guy. Yeah. It's like, and hey, he's on the road a lot. Yeah. So like, maybe I think I remember you from a truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> And then we learned some things and these are, okay, so I haven't really talked about it. We haven't covered possession films much on these shows yet. I have a problem with possession shows and it's that I don't really find them scary normally. And my, I find what spooky things scary. Like, no, but like the idea of like a layer of demons or whatever. Like yeah. We've talked way too much in this podcast. I think maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about our own ghost experiences, maybe in the wrap up or something. Oh, okay. I definitely have okay. some and I'm sure mm-hmm. we all have little things. However, I'm not religious. I don't believe in the church side of you know ghost things. If there is a spectrum of other stuff going on, which I'm very much open to for reasons I'll well actually believe 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't believe they're necessarily tied to people in any way. I think that's very arrogant. But beyond that, I definitely don't believe it has anything to do with the Bible. Right. And that, uh, that you know, a, a wooden cra- carved cross has anything to do with it. So, mm-hmm. so that stuff is just like a real problem I have with getting scared. I can still appreciate film. But like The Exorcist, excellent film doesn't scare me at all yeah. because it's all religious themed and it's like it just doesn't do anything for mm-hmm. me so i do have a problem here when he's walking around the house and he's talking about oh the knocks come in threes right because yeah. it's a, a fuck you to the to the trinity and you're like even if it is all to do with the bible and mm-hmm. everything really that's what they're gonna go with is like oh, we've also read the Bible and this is like how we're going to piss you off is by knocking. It's like the knocks were scary and that yeah. makes them not scary to me. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like the knocks come in threes because it's the rule of three and everything. <laughs> I mean, are they, they it, yeah, it is surprising that through that bit, they really then go heavy with the religious aspect of it. But then mm-hmm. I guess like if you, like you said, if in real life, they the were, Warrens were they super were, yeah, religious. Yeah. makes sense. Very religious, yeah. Lorraine plays the uh, mirror music box game to see Rory. And again, he's doing the same things he did in Insidious here, just much, much better. Okay, and another jump back to Insidious here is that at this point, oh wait, is it? No, it's not yet. I was going to say they haven't, they haven't created the team yet. Not yet, not yet. Okay. She sees a hanging person by the tree. We're not going to see the face, just the legs. Really nice sound yeah. design here. I like the creaky, creaky. Mm-hmm. And they prescribe exorcism. Yep. However, well, she but goes. Can't through- you only do that on people? 
<laughs> Wait a second. I'm a rigger, and I think I know you can only do this on people. Lorraine, however, we also get a replay of what we just saw her walking into mm-hmm. the house, but what she really saw, which was CGI smoke behind yeah. the kids, behind the mother, and this dark presence. And she said there are multiple entities in this house, but one of them is the one that she's worried about because mm-hmm. it's so hateful. Yeah, it was interesting that they kind of went back and showed us that step by step of her seeing it. Mm-hmm. I appreciated I that. Did you? I would yeah. have been just as satisfied having not yeah, seen it. Her talking about it, I think I would have found more creepy. Mm. If you just had like oh. one single shot, pulling in on her with her great acting, just saying like when I first stepped in, this is what I saw. Yeah, and then yeah. I saw this. And then I saw, and then you could go back on a rewatch and see her face change. And that's mm-hmm. what you need to know. Mm. But, but fine. But yeah. I, we did also then get like, it's a thing as Patrick Wilson describes the ghost latching as whenever you step in gum. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, what yeah. Yeah. is happening? <laughs> that was raucous laughter. Yeah, I got a big laugh. <laughs> Sometimes when you get haunted, it's like stepping on gum. I was the most <laughs> delicious. That is what I was like, okay, we're fine. <laughs> it's just gum, guys. It's just, just gum. gum. Just tell yourself that it. if you're out there and you listen to this and you think maybe I'm possessed. Just, just go. Go. Yeah. Check yeah, your shoes. Is it a tootie fruity ghost? Mm, yeah. That's the one of those fucking cinnamon ones. Ooh, or gotta watch out for those. Big red ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big I red. Like those. Big red. They have to gather evidence to prove to the church. So they tell the family to become more religious and get baptized. <laughs> yeah. See, but it's things like that, especially if the Warrens like signed off on this movie. I feel like those are the things that the Warrens are like, yep. We're into this. Mm-hmm. You're presenting us as yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's what I mean. This movie makes them look like heroes yeah. and heroes of the church and yeah. like all this stuff. Yeah. The Pope is like, God bless them bitches. God bless these potential fraudsters. Back at the Warren's house. I do like we're still going back and forth. They're not just there the whole yeah. time yet. Ed finds that Mrs. Perrin's voice didn't record <gasps> when they were interviewing her. And meanwhile, Lorraine's been doing some investigation. The house was created in 1863, I think it was, sometime around then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bathsheba was a lady, indeed, who lived there. She sacrificed her baby by the fireplace when it was seven years old and then hung herself by the tree at 3.07 a.m. while cursing the land mm-hmm. and claiming her love to Satan. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. This, all of this information, I was like... You just Googled this? Like, where did, the, where did this come from, girl? <laughs> she has her means. Right. Well, yeah, I was reading some backstory on that house. Are you going to get into that later? Oh, we'll get into okay, it. Great. In, in, the, in real life. Yeah, in section. real life. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that bit. We'll get Exciting. to it. They could have brought a knitting needle into this, yeah. but they didn't. Rory was a kid who died, and then the mother killed herself in the cellar. Uh, there was a maid there who also committed suicide. Somebody drowned in the lake. I oh, know they rattle through a whole bunch of yeah. stuff in terms yeah. of like spooky things everywhere across the whole kind of yeah. broad spectrum of this land. Yeah, Everyone that has now been divided dies. up. So ever since Bathsheba cursed everything and pledged the house to Satan, yeah, people die if they're there, and particularly mothers are killing their children. It's interesting, you know. You look at sort of the more you look at sort of seventies horror films and tropes from that, and it's always like the Indian burial ground, yeah. which is mm-hmm. a very PC yeah, these yeah. days. So. My mind did go there. No, for sure. Whereas, like, but here we're going to go into the witch trials a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the tape then begins to play by itself. Pretty cool. And then Officer Brown turns up along with the James Wan lookalike, who from now on will just be called James Wan. Yeah. Or you could have just called him James too. Yeah. James- oh. 
Oh. Wow. Thank you. That was, that was excellent. You can Thank relax you. for the day now. You're I'm done. done. <laughs> Goodbye. They are the slight comedic element, which is suddenly being pushed into this movie. I'm glad they don't go too far with yeah. it. Yeah. But it does kind of come up. This movie has been pretty fucking dour so far in mm-hmm. a good way. Yeah. And now we're going to get some comedy in and it feels a lot like, yeah. Absolute similar to, or no, it's an echo of Insidious and the same two characters, um, the investigative, paranormal investigators is what I'm trying to say. And you said it. And I said it. And yeah, almost similar kind of statures and dynamic. And, yep. But yeah, here they play it slightly more serious. Yeah, I, 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 I would say yeah. I prefer these two. Yeah, me too. And they got a cool. We don't really get enough of them. But they're kind of in the background, but they're fine. Uh, they set up some cameras, triggers, recorders. When the room gets too cold, Flash is going to go off and the camera will take a picture. All this fun, again, like little setups that yeah. he's good at doing that you know is going to make some spooky scenes later. Yeah. A thing that I love here with the whole camera setup and how they go off later is because of the setting, like when this is set, being in the 70s, you're not getting that instant you're not getting the images back instantly yeah. from mm-hmm. all the cameras. So, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. We're seeing this stuff happen, but as an audience and then for them as well, we're never like, yeah. you're yeah. never going to be sure right away. No, it's cool. As to what they see. What I don't like, and I've written down as my first real misfire for me from this film, is then we get Lorraine touches Mrs. Perrin's hand and we get a cheesy flashback oh, of yeah. the parents on the beach while cheesy music is playing. Yeah. And we have a cheesy exchange between the two of them. And I was like, oh. Oh, well, that's when I wrote down, she's 100% going to kill her family now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that bit was, yeah, a little sappy. Yeah. And also because she was like looking at the picture of them at the beach and then yeah, she said, asked them something. She's like, where, yeah, anyway. the beach picture where looked were you? so weird. I can't even see the beach in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, could be anywhere. Um, and meanwhile, James too. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. <laughs> uh, is chatting up the oldest teenager. Sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not even really sure how old, quite how old she is, so it could be inappropriate. Because is he, was he like an assistant from the college that they were like? It yeah. seems like he's worked with them before. Yeah. Because he yeah, knows the equipment and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. So I feel like he's like their yeah, assistant. Yeah, I think he's only meant to be 21 or something. Yeah. He's like college. Yeah. Still feels Probably someone that like sets up these speaking engagements. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we get the toilet gag. Yeah. <laughs> First real humor in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, yeah, the uh, the sheriff, well, it's not sheriff at all. The cop comes Brad. out. We go creaky door, fake mm-hmm. out. Yep. But yep. then immediately after that, it works better because then the cellar door opens and a flash goes off. Love it. Very effective setup. Love yep. it. And then we switch to their camera. Eight this millimeter mm-hmm. found footage. Unfortunately, clearly 4K digital. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or 35, I'm not sure. Yeah. But definitely 4K image yeah, but they quality. they the little frame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the little frame I really like this bit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, super but it would be nicer if they had done it in genuine 8 yeah. millimeter or even just 16 millimeter, something <laughs> closer to it. Um, and I mean, it's very effective cool. because of also with the sound design in this, where exactly. we're getting the sound from Patrick yeah. Wilson's yeah, recording. So when, mic, he's, yeah, when he's far away. It's only kind of loosely picking it's up. Exactly like it's, why it yeah. works. It's exactly why Blair Witch works. It's exactly why yeah. the best found footage works. It's, it's yeah. because you're taking the sound from the real camera, mm-hmm. which they're not doing here. They're clearly controlling in post, but they do a great job yeah. of echoing yeah. that. It's, yeah. it's great. And then Alex, voodoo clouds roll in, buddy. Oh, very impressive voodoo uh, clouds. Yeah, those are um, Hanging up the washing. I don't think mm-hmm. Shannon might not know, but voodoo clouds are a staple of the Chucky series. Yeah. Oh. And every now and then they reappear and- 
different films. Yeah. And you think... Not so effectively. I did but not when know. when they turned up in these ones, Alan and I turned each other and tilted our hats. Chucky is nearby. That's <laughs> yeah. all we know for sure. There's a puppet doll then, that's going to come oh, to life. Oh, no, no, no. One of the laundry sheets catches on a human figure. Jump love, 10. Love this. <laughs> bed sheet. That ten? bit is so fucking cool. Yep, jump 10. You had wow. a little break. You had a pretty solid break between uh, 9 and 10. <laughs> I, had a, I had a breakfast dilla yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. to calm me. But yeah, you're up to 10. And what's great about it is it catches on the figure and then it blows away uh, and then it leads your eyes naturally to the window, to the window mm. with, where Bathsheba mm-hmm. is standing in the mother's bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Great storytelling. Fuck, yep. it's good. Well done, it- James. Number Fuck, one. That bit's cool. Yeah. And then we see bruises. I don't like this. So we see CGI bruises get burnt into the mother's arm mm-hmm. while she's taking a nap, which is not how any of the other bruises look. This is like yeah. a hand yeah. bruise. And then you Ugh. might be about because to say this jump is, this 11. This is the bit in EOP where we're getting to possession. Yes. Yeah. That so happens. that's why I think the hand is like. Yeah. Well, I think it's like holding sure. her down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But then Bathsheba slides upside down. I don't like hovers above her, but in this close up, but she just sort of slides yeah. into frame. Jump 11. Jump 11. For Witch sure. vomit. <laughs> Vomits into her mouth. Possession <laughs> confirmed. Done. At least it wasn't a parasite. A la wreck. Which I will say, like, it's a cool shot. I then start to lose interest because I don't like possession for another reason, which is I don't like, as I said with Insidious 2 and many movies, just actors just being like, now I'm evil actor. Right. Like, I just don't enjoy that. I would mm. rather have a separate demon. That we're scared of than just oh now it's our lead mm-hmm. but they're acting spooky. I do think I'm gonna he sleep like with like a, a didn't mask like- on my mouth or something tonight. <laughs> you didn't like Patrick Wilson's possessed face in Insidious when he smiles. And I don't understand how he's so his bad in those films that he's so good in this. Patrick Wilson is doing a fucking. Um, uh, he's doing some mechanic work. Yeah, he's fixing Don's Chevy. Well, he yeah. loves this house. He loves this Wrong place. He had a moment before with his wife mm-hmm. saying, like, how good this is, the fresh country air. Yeah, yeah that was so weird. Like, he, yeah. he wants to take great over here. this. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is great. It's beatific. Look yeah. at this. There's this haunted house, you and me and these demons. <laughs> Did you say beatific? Yeah. Beatific. You trying to get thrown off of this podcast for legitimate means so you don't have to walk yourself? Potentially. (laughs) (laughs) He explains that whatever Lorraine sees, touches, etc. takes a toll on her. And a couple of months ago, they were doing the exorcism that we saw and she saw something which took a really big piece. And then he didn't ask her about it. So, like, so private Well, she wanted to, she locked herself away and cried in the room. Eight days. Didn't talk, didn't eat. Mm. Didn't come out of a room. What did she see? He doesn't know. And I've written down here what he saw. Not going to say it out loud. No. Fuck. I don't even know. You know, but inadvertently. Okay. I think I know. Um, (laughs) Okay. I know. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. I know nothing. Cup guy. He's out getting some water in the sink. And then he hears someone say, look what she made me do. Mm-hmm. Chatting and shippers. Mm-hmm. Jump 12. The maid. He sees oh, yeah. the maid is slip And then the daughter starts sleepwalking. Pictures go off. She gets locked into the wardrobe room. They can hear there's someone else in the room with her because they've mic'd it all up, mm-hmm. which is a cool idea. They should have used that maybe a little bit more. But there's a lot going on. That's fair. And when they get inside, empty. She's not there anymore. Where'd she go? And the room is ice cold. Yeah. Chilly. Yeah. Chilly. Very you see chilly. The was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're using the cool UV light, which is nice. I like that. You can mm-hmm. see the footprints. And it's, you can see they're really using it because when yeah. he puts his hand on the wall, his yeah. prints are there. It's very cool. CSI. It's just science, guys. Don't be afraid. 
they find a hidden way into the walls at the back of the wardrobe and the daughter's hiding back there. And then she says, this is where Rory hides. Well, a different daughter says, this is where yeah. Rory would hide when he was afraid. Um, which again, the first time I watched it, I don't think I was paying enough attention. I was like, all right, lots of spooky things. Now it's like, it's actually all sews together very well. Mm-hmm. Like all the stories are there, all the things that are spooking them tie into each of the different people who died in that house. Because Rory was killed by his mom, right? Yeah. 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 Which is the one we're about to get to. Yeah. Because then Lorraine decides, I'm going to crawl in. Shannon's not happy about this decision. Not at all. <laughs> not. I think I was saying, you dumb bitch. Why would you do this? When they were researching the house, we see a picture of, like a photograph of Rory and his mother, don't yeah, we? Right, we, we do. do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. That's what I mean. They set it all up. Like, there's not mm-hmm. really much wasted time. Everything mm-hmm. does feed back in. It's mm-hmm. good storytelling. There's a dusty kind of hole where the music box is meant to be. So, she's like, let's put it back there. Which mm-hmm. doesn't seem to do anything other than then she sees a rope and pulls it up, which has a yeah. noose. And this is one of the only bits I am confused about. Yeah. Because I thought she hung herself on the tree outside. Yeah. And the, and the mother didn't hang herself with Rory's. Unless well, it was like don't. another suicide in the house. Unless she hung Rory because we don't see how Rory dies. That's true. And when that would make sense if that was like Rory's hiding space and that's where she finds. Oh, God. Yeah. Because then later she's at the bottom of that. Right. Exactly. She pulls up this noose and then falls to the basement. Another Jump fucking- 13. Fall to the cellar. <laughs> this is a painful fall. Like, yeah, shot it shot so well, acted well. Really cool. Yeah. And then she's down in the cellar and decides, let's play the mirror music box game. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Does that. And genuinely, this is one of the few bits that did spook me out the first time I saw the film. Was like seeing the mother <sighs> who then stops, like she's, she's like holding the knife and sort of cry laughing. Yeah. And, and then she just turns. She's like, she made me do it. Out of focus again, but just the right amount. And she's got black eyes and black mouth. And then when she turns around, she's like right in front of us saying, Jump she made 14. me do it. Mm-hmm. Cellar ghost. <laughs> 14? <laughs> uh, towards the end here, I, I lost count. No, I, I only counted like the major mega screams and okay. there were some like, minor ones that, yeah. that I just didn't include. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> so she runs out, and this is an important little thing as well. Mm-hmm. Bathsheba then grabs the necklace that her daughter yeah. gave her. Now, we, we skipped over that, but like the daughter made this little necklace mm-hmm. with a picture of her in it and vice versa. Matching um, lockets. Yeah, Sheba takes always it. a bad choice. She's like, I'll have that. Yeah. That looks good. And a fucking cool scene as we get Nancy being pulled around by her hair. Yeah. Oh, this scene's awesome. Yeah. 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 While James 2 is filming it. Um, and then they're like, you know what? We got enough. We can send this to the church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we've got enough yeah, evidence I love here. It. Did you get that? Yeah, man. We're going to make a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, Lorraine, though, then sees her daughter under the lake. So, I don't know if we ever get the lake demon in this movie. Which no. I kept, like, would be a cool one. Just have someone, like, you know, who's always wet and, like, dripping. Yeah. And, well, like, they don't really footprints. use the tree at all either. Not aside really. from the, like, hanging bit that yeah. we see. But there's nothing that's, like, possessing or haunting that area. Well, oh, you mean as in, like, we never get one of the drowned well, people. Well, yeah. Say someone drowned in the lake. Yeah, that would be it. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of the reason we don't get a tree is because this film very much steals from Poltergeist mm. a lot. And the tree would have been one step too far because gotcha. the possessed tree is a big deal in Poltergeist. Mm. Yeah. So, she sees her daughter under the lake, takes it as an omen, rings home, seems to be fine. Parents are heading to a motel with James 2 and Cotboy, which really doesn't make much sense because they've already told them it doesn't matter if you leave yeah. the house. but. Okay, I guess. Maybe it I mean, delays but it a little bit. To be fair, I would leave the house. That would make me feel better. Yeah. Just even to involve the public. Right. <laughs> Please, everyone yeah. get involved with this. 
The Warrensons showed a film to the bearded man from Insidious, who is now a priest mm-hmm. in this universe. And shitting bricks Alex called it the out. coverage. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty spooked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love it. It's like, well, we can't really help you because the family isn't, aren't members of the church and the kids aren't baptized. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. a, a very appropriate Catholic church response. They 100% would say that. Yeah. If you're not part of our, our clan. Yep. <laughs> oh. But they convince him. And then the Warren's kid wakes up at 307 after being pulled around a bit and goes to find her parents and heads to the room. And there's such a creepy shot of her in that like, oh God, in that hallway with all the wallpaper and then like her nightgown is all patterned as well. uh, And the red carpet. uh. When she gets into the spooky room, Annabelle's not in her container. (sighs) Which is nice because we've gone all about Annabelle and they keep just like bringing it back a little bit. And then the house turns dark. And then, yeah, again, I don't think I really understood this first time, but yeah, we've got Bathsheba who's now followed her because of the locket. Who, for some reason, has become enamored with Annabelle. Yeah. And is stroking Annabelle's hair. And then Annabelle actually moves. Yeah. Yep. And turns and looks at her. And then Lorraine and Ed get home. Lots of screaming. And then, yeah, find- Ed uses some really quick superhero-style reflexes and avoids the flying rocking chair. Pulls out his watchman (laughs) powers. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Mr. Perrin has left the motel with two of the kids. We're entering the final act. She smells like rotten meat, apparently. And then Lorraine's realizing it makes sense because she possesses the mother to kill the child. So she's going to take her kids back. But she's only taking two kids back. Yeah. Don't want to kill Just the one them. she really right. wants to just, kill. Yeah. Just your the least The most favorites. annoying ones. Yeah. Yeah. Take the fucking teenage one. Yeah. Well, she's clearly taking the two that seem to have... Well, no, because she doesn't take the sleepwalking one. Because yeah, the youngest one, April, has clearly a connection to Rory, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. Joey King, I think she's just the best actress of the children. Yeah. Yes. Right. I think that's a fair selection. <laughs> I think yeah. that's why that happens. Does she only take two, though? Because then one... Yeah, she only takes mm-hmm. two. one hides, doesn't it? No, she only takes the two... The little girl hides... Other girls in the car. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. it's just those two. All right. But I don't like. Why the fuck does Lorraine leave her own daughter? Because she knows she has to finish this. Yeah. Shannon. But how does she know that? She's psychic. <laughs> and Lorraine head back with Cop Boy, uh, who's now got a fucking shotgun. Yeah. yeah. Which is only used in one Thanks, scene, Brad. so it's kind of weird that they yeah. introduce it for one little scare. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Perrin is trying to stab her kids with scissors in the basement, mm-hmm. and then one of them yeah runs away and hides. And when they try to force her to leave the house, it burns her body in CGI. Yep. Not a fan of that CGI? I mean, I like that he's not using much CGI. I'd rather use zero CGI. It's a, um, I appreciate it's hard to show that. Mm-hmm. But you, in the 80s, you'd have to have found a way. I don't know. I mean, maybe if it looked better. It mm. doesn't look amazing for 20 million. I think you could have better CGI there. But it does look cool then when she's dragged back down into yeah. the cellar. Like his camera moves are great and the acting's great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes down to sell and gets thrown around a bunch. Yeah, she does. Seems pretty cool. She's going to have some broken bones. She bites um, Brad. Top Boy's face. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Takes a big chunk of Takes flesh off it. Takes a huge bite out of yeah. him. Yeah. Which he's just fine with the rest yeah. of the movie, he's by like, the yeah, way. He's like, that's cool. He's grinning yeah. at one point. And then they eventually tie her to a chair in the basement with a sheet over her head because she's so, so bitey. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because it looks chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, call the priest. We don't have time for that. He's too far away. And then this great long shot on head and he's like, Gonna have to priest up. Yep. Yeah. So he decides he's gonna do the exorcism. Luckily, he was wearing a white collared shirt and black jumper that day. <sighs> Thank God. So he looks the part. He tells Lorraine to leave, and as he can't repeat what had happened before, but she says, God brought us here for a reason, and this is it. There you go. Brought so, us together, I think, for a yeah, reason. It's it like them coming together. They the, only met Because that to do was this. for on their wedding night. Do you remember what you said to me on your wedding night? Like, can we do, do it, it again? again? 
<laughs> no, after that. <laughs> but also, yes, that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty weird. Birds start flying at a car outside, which has the other kid now put in there by James 2. I think this is all very well set up, though. Yeah. We've got, like, different things we're trying to, you know, worry about. One kid's hiding somewhere. One's in the car with mm-hmm. birds. I don't know why the birds, but they do look pretty good. Yep. And James 1, sorry, James 2 has the same happen to him inside the house as well. And then I believe in Junior Exorcism, Patrick Wilson mentions Insidious at one point. And, and he's, when he's speaking Latin. I really like his face, like his expression throughout all of this bit. Like he just seems way out of his depth. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, because he's got this kind of like mouth agape look every time he says one little prayer. Yeah. And then there's like a reaction. And yeah. he's just like, it's almost like, yeah, he's, he's going he's gonna to mess it up or he's doing the wrong thing. And I, I don't know. I just yeah. appreciated that. Uh, he's, he's doing good acting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My good problem again, you. like, I mean, my problem again with exorcism films is, you know, they have to end in. Basically, it's got to get loud. Mm-hmm. And then it, and my problem is also, what's the end game? What's the demon really trying to do? Right. Like, this one is pretty clear, I guess. It's just trying to kill people in the house. Mm-hmm. So, like, just don't come in the house and you're fine. Yeah. That's really it. Other demons I have bigger problems with, but we can discuss that another time. But it's just always like, what are you really trying to accomplish? Okay, you possess someone. Great. Mm-hmm. Why do you always want to possess a young girl? Not going to get much evil done in the world by possessing just a kid. Uh, so, yeah, at the end of these movies, you always got to have some people just shouting some Latin. Right. While some crazy stuff's happening. To be fair, it looks cool. The chair, like, flips upside yeah. down, goes onto the ceiling. The ghost then uses the shotgun. Yeah. Uh, while James, too, finds April under the house and screams to everyone, which then lets the witch know. Um, she is. There is a cool shot, sorry, just before this is blood comes through the rags and then it rips in oh, half. Yeah, and you see crazy. the witch underneath yeah. the rags. So, he doesn't say... Insidious. Oh. I'm afraid. Oh, you found it? Yeah. He says, Omnis inimici et invisibilium. If you have a possession right now in your home, turn up the volume on et your audio device. Liberabitur. All of his enemy visible, invisible, and shall be freed. Shannon is cowering. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed calls her by Bathsheba, which gets her yes. attention. Like, oh, my name. Oh, my name. That's me. <laughs> you were, oh, you wanted to talk to me. Um. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> in here was, now. <laughs> yeah. I was just feeling neglected. <laughs> yeah. And then Lorraine holds her head to do some fucking Professor X shit or something. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Remember, Lorraine. The rem- beach. Remember. Beach. We that you had one good day yeah. in yeah. your yeah. family's life. Remember what you showed me. <laughs> uh, it's, pretty, oh, it's pretty cheesy to be yeah. honest. And then she throws up some steaming blood puke and it's fine. Oh, I did miss the final um, jump, which was jump 15 back down in the cellar when the shotgun went off. Oh, for mm. sure. Yeah. And she, that did, was my she final did some jump exclaiming on the final. witch face under the sheets. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a lot of that. Yeah, it was, uh, I didn't want to count every, every one in that film. Then we get <laughs> you, would have, you wouldn't have been watching the film. You would have just been counting me jumping and she's screaming. Like, like, Man, Alex is typing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Then we get a fucking Disney ending as she walks outside and the yes. bruises just fade, fade away, away. immediately. It's really stupid. Happy music is playing. The cop comes out with a chunk out of his face just smiling. Hey, it's pretty good, isn't it? As the disbeliever who's now seen witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a Warren's return home. Ed puts the music box in the room, just pushing aside some other right? haunted thing. No big deal. And then... She's, uh, Lorraine's there saying, hey, there's a case in Long Island that the Vatican wants us to discuss. How many fell are? Mm-hmm. 
then we get a quote from Ed Warren that comes up on the screen saying some bullshit to do with yeah. God is great, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and demons suck. Um, yeah, it was like, yeah, that demons you are real, your God side. exists. Yeah, right. choose your side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the music box plays. We get an Inception-style ending where you're pulling into it. And it is it is great because you don't see anything, but you know the room you're in. So, you're thinking, how much stuff are you going to see? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, what were you going to fucking see in that room of haunted things when this music box stops playing? I think it's a great way to end a movie. I think it's very mature. They don't show you the things that are in the room. Love it. And then we end, and we enter real pictures of the real family. Yeah. The Warrens and the parents over the end credits done to creepy effect. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you how I wanted it, how I wanted the possession demon stuff to end? I wanted, like, I'm down with her throwing up the demon and it all being fine, but I wanted her in that moment to realize what she had, like, was going to do and then, like, kill herself with the scissors. That's what I wanted to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I would have preferred that. Yeah. It doesn't. I remembered really hating the ending of The mm-hmm. Conjuring. I remember it's loving too, the rest. It's too, like, neat. It is. Somebody <laughs> had to die. Yeah, well, yeah, Alex. You, I mean, we know how much Anna jumped. Yeah. But how many people died in The Conjuring? Uh, just the dog. How many people died <laughs> in The Conjuring? Zero. Yeah. Zero kill count. Yeah. yeah. Which for a spooky horror film is like, are you kidding me? But, yeah. again, but I, I did lose count of how many birds died. Oh, mm. that's the real challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's a lot. Oof, a high but did the dog die? We'll get into that in a second in, in real what? life. However, oh. let me first just say the movie broke box office records, guys. It's the third highest grossing opening for a weekend uh, of an R-rated movie uh, behind Paranormal Activity 3 and Hannibal. I think maybe Deadpool now is, is who said that. But <laughs> the film was classified in R-rating purely because it was too scary and that no cuts or edits would affect that. Hmm. Which I feel they do affect scariness. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. When the film was shown in the Philippines, some cinemas had to hire Catholic priests to bless the viewers before showing it, as some have reported a negative presence after watching the movie. Great, 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 great. Stopping by a church on the way home. Now, do you want to hear some real life stuff? Okay. This is going to go on a little bit. Okay. Right now, I just uh, Googled Bathsheba. What's it? How say Bathsheba. Bathsheba. And uh, her gravestone came up. What? It will do. (gasps) Eight generations of families lived and died in the house before the parents moved in. There were two documented suicides, a poisoning death, the rape and murder of an 11-year-old girl, two drownings, and the passing of four men who froze to death. However, when you look into these, not all of that's as simple as it sounds. In particular, the 11-year-old girl was not murdered, potentially anything to do with the house whatsoever, but was definitely not murdered on site. Uh, was in a different place. Most of the deaths occurred, though, within the Arnold family from which Bathsheba Sherman was descended. Mm. In real life, the dog was killed by a neighbor in real life. Oh, um, shitty The neighbor. daughter then was so pissed, she tried to kill the guy who did it. Wow. Amazing. And they then moved house to the country because of this. Oh, okay. So, that's all bullshit. Yes. You might be saying that a lot. In mm-hmm. real life, the Annabelle doll is... Existing. Alex, Google real life Annabelle doll. Oh, God. For Shannon to see how it looks. I don't want to. Which really, we shouldn't reveal this until. Well, I'll leave it up to you, Alex, if you want to reveal this now or after next week's episode, Annabelle, if Shannon's still in. Do I want to reveal it for myself or for Shannon? Yeah, you're fine. But whether Shannon wants to see what Annabelle really looks like or whether that's better to leave after the Annabelle episode. Okay. I'm going to leave it. For okay, sure. we'll leave it. We'll leave it. <laughs> I hate you so much. In real life, like we said, they lived in this house for 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
In real life, Bathsheba Sherman was suspected of witchcraft and of killing an infant with a knitting needle. Oh. But her name was legally cleared after not being found uh, guilty. After not being a knitter? (laughs) (laughs) She later died of natural causes. She did not hang herself in 1885. Uh, she's buried, as Alex Cartwright says, in Harrisville Road, Should Island. Show you something quickly, yeah. Yeah, no, completely, completely. <laughs> the family's connection to the spirit of Bathsheba Sherman only came. Well, actually, no. Let me save that little tidbit. Sorry, some of these I didn't write necessarily in the right order. Carolyn Perrin told the Warrens that years earlier, years earlier, she had felt a piercing pain. Alex, I want you to imagine this: a piercing pain in your calf and a spasm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. You're immediately thinking ghosts. I get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Upon examination, she then noticed that there was some blood at a point of intact, impact. So she thought maybe a bee or a bug had stung her and something. Mm-hmm. But when she looked, guys, she couldn't find any bees. <gasps> the Warrens told her that Bathsheba could have taken her knitting needle with her into the afterlife and probably used it to stab Carolyn in the calf. <laughs> what? <sighs> in real life, the Warrens turned up at the house uninvited as they oh. were wont to do because they smell money. Yeah. <laughs> Having heard that there was a ghost and then they were kicked out of the house for being absolutely no help at all. Uh, that's hilarious. Interesting. The family's connection that what was happening in the house was the spirit of Bathsheba Sherman only came after the Warrens suggested it. Hmm. You feeling any better yet, Sherman? I am feeling better. The Warrens do indeed have an open museum with hundreds of haunted items, including vampire coffins. I'm looking at the images from the museum now. It really changes. <laughs> a demon summoning mirror. And don't look it up because I don't want you to see the animal. Okay. It's a Monroe, Connecticut, in their basement, and a priest blesses it once a month. So, don't worry, guys. It'll be they fine. still do? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, now they're both dead. I don't know what's happened to the museum. We should go. No. When you finally... Yeah, I haven't seen anything else. Like we said, Lorraine used to charge $100 to have lunch with her. The Amityville haunting was revealed to be a hoax in 1979, but somehow Dick Warren's credibility wasn't really hurt. In 2017, the producers, one of the producers of the original movie, Tony Rosa Grund, claimed he was unfairly shut out of profits from the Conjuring universe and alerted the studio that the film's claim to be the true story of the Warrens was inaccurate after it opened. The lawsuit alleges... And this is a weird way to try and like make money. But they allege that Ed and Lorraine, who are depicted as a happy and in love couple in the film, is not so. Ed was apparently physically abusive to Lorraine, although the couple's daughter and son-in-law insist that they saw no evidence of this. Mm. And more particular, in the lawsuit, they claim that Ed, Patrick Wilson himself, mm-hmm. I have to take that back, it's not Patrick Wilson, yeah. <laughs> the real Ed Lorraine, was claimed that he, in his 40s, had an affair with a 15-year-old girl, Aww. which continued for 40 years. 40 years? Yeah. Get it, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at right now? <laughs> Look at these museum photos and listening to that, and I'm just, it's all, the walls are crumbling. Uh- <laughs> Lorraine Warren, yeah, passed away in 2019 at 92 years old. Oh, my God. She's a lot. I encourage people to go and watch the interviews. There's a lot of documentation on these two. Yeah. And even being interviewed with James Wan. I sent a picture to you guys. Yeah, you did. Uh, James Wan's great. Space. Yeah. <laughs> Gerard Brittle. 
Talking of lawsuits to this film, author of the 1980 book The Demonologist, which is about Ed and Lorraine Warren, filed a lawsuit against Warner Brothers, New Line, and James Wan, claiming that the Conjuring universe owed him $900 million for infringing upon an exclusive contract he had with the Warrens to make any works based on the subject of his book. They tried to get around this basically by saying that the film was based on real events and not his book, despite both Vera and James Wan constantly mentioning the book as a touchstone for both of them. Hmm. The case was settled in 2016. 17. I'm not sure how much he ended up getting. I believe it was 900 million. Um, who else though tried to sue, I hear you say? Well, what? the current owner of the house, Norma Sutcliffe, stated that her and her husband, Jerry, have had a few less intense experiences. They have had a door banging. This is the real house? Yes. Oh, wow. Right. They have had sounds of people talking in another room, some footsteps and a door opening at one point. Her husband's chair vibrated. It was not a vibrating chair, Alex. I see where your brain's Ooh. going. Yeah. A blue light shot across the bedroom. And then at one point, the husband said he saw a fog in the home. However, Norma and her husband stresses that they look at it from a scientific standpoint and they've never jumped to conclusions about it being ghosts. Since the movie's release, however, her family have endured an ongoing barrage of trespassers, onlookers, people oh, stealing sure. things, just turning up on their land and inside the house. And she spent months gathering evidence to disprove both the parents' story and the movie. And there's an hour-long video oh my you want on YouTube of the current owner of the house walking you through. And it's very dry. It's just like she talks into an old dictaphone. And there's all these images of, like, papers and stuff coming up. And she will talk you through all of the bits of evidence that the Warrens and the parents, like, brought up and the film goes through. And why it's all basically fabrication and what's true and what's not. Mm-hmm. She's not the only one, though, to say that it's bullshit. Ray Garten, and I think this is all very important for us now moving forward into the future of the Warren stories that we're going to be Okay. Going. Ray Garn, a horror writer, was hired by the Warrens to write In a Dark Place, the alleged true story behind a horror movie, A Haunting in Connecticut, which is also tied in to mm-hmm. the Warrens. He told Damn Connecticut, which is a website, in 2009, that they encouraged him to make up stuff. Quote, I went to Connecticut, spent time with the Warrens and the haunted family. When I found the family, they couldn't keep their stories straight. So I went to Ed and explained the problem. Ed said, they're crazy. All the people who come to us are crazy. That's why they come to us. Just use what you can and make the rest up. You write scary books, right? Well, make it up and make it scary. That's why we hired you. End quote. Since Sounds writing like a the great book, guy. <laughs> since writing the book, Garton says that he's learned a lot talking to other writers hired by the Warrens who have said the same stuff. And he's been left with no doubt in his mind that the Warrens are fraudulent. Hmm. And we will return to more stories about the Warrens when we get to future installments. Yeah, and I was just reading about um, Bathsheba and the real life version of her and that she didn't hang herself, no. but she died at 73. All right, then. Did she um, stab herself with knitting needles? No, she she was charged with stabbing her child to oh. seven years old with a knitting needle. Well, I know, but wouldn't it be weird if she stabbed herself with a needle? <laughs> so there we go. A lot of dubious stuff to do with the Warrens. A lot of dubious stuff even to do with the parents because they have multiple reasons to try and make money out of this out of yeah. bad situation. But sure, maybe they like even the current owners are saying weird stuff happens there. So yeah. I'm not going to discount it. But definitely there's a lot of strange fraudulent things mm-hmm. going on around mm-hmm. all of this stuff and lots of stuff in the film that just isn't true. The exorcism at the end did not take place at all uh, okay. because you cannot do that without a priest that's sent. Although the daughter who wrote the books did say that she did at one point, unbeknownst to the rest of her family, uh, peer and see a point where her mother was indeed in a chair and did levitate and all of this shit happened. What? Self-published book. By the way, 
Give me one second. No, I fucking hate you if you have this book. Yeah, I need to see oh, it. Jesus I need Christ. to see it. Uh, why do I do this to myself? This is uh, why am I friends with you? Why do I continue to come over? There are three of these books. Look oh, how big Jesus. this is. Oh my God. Oh, wow. This That's is called obscene. The House of Darkness. It has 500 pages in the but first one. But look at that author print. photo on the back. Yeah, there she She's is with a dog. Holding a dog. Uh, Self published. That makes sense. So, really well written. Yep. Spelling mistakes everywhere. Of course. Really? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Maybe in the wrap up we can read some bits. I haven't actually, I haven't. Volume one. Jesus. A place in the country. So it began. Long before Carolyn Perrin ever considered picking up that newspaper at the corner market, the wise infinite universe began conspiring with elements on Earth to provide an extraordinary pathway for her family. Perhaps it was fate or their destiny. Whatever it was, powerful forces beyond mortal imagination intervened on behalf of those who sought respite. Respite? Respite. From an intense and chaotic existence. During the summer of 1970, cosmic confluence occurred in the firmament. The journey commenced. Lo and behold. Lo, I say unto ye. Right, I didn't ye. say it. Threw it across the room. Yeah, that's, a, that's the way that book goes. So, like we said, lots to talk about. We're going to move on, though, because we can keep coming back to some of these things later. Definitely things happened in this house and weird stuff. They're not connected to Bathsheba. We can pretty firmly say yeah. that. But Bathsheba, um, great name. Great, good name. Good name. Um, but the real question is, if we can move aside our feelings potentially about the Warrens mm-hmm. and everything else, how do you feel about the film? We're going to get to you in a minute, Shannon, because you're going to let us know if you'll be here next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hope we have to sub in, Katie. We're going to start with the Alexander Chard. Hello! I really, really enjoyed this film, especially coming off the back of Insidious. You can really, um, yeah, see where that extra... What was it, 15 million compared? Well, wait, no. Was Insidious 5 million or a million? Insidious 1 was only 1.3 million. So, this okay. is nearly 20 times the budget. Okay, yeah. So, that's there's a clear... <laughs> you can clearly see that. I think... Yeah, I th- like I said at the start, I think this film is really well cast. I didn't mind the Ron Livingston, Lily... Lily Living? Lily. Lily Taylor, husband-wife combination. But I think, again, maybe that's because I was confusing it with which other horror film was coming to my head where I thought they were playing the line that maybe she had some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So seeing her at the start, maybe being a bit fraught and a bit distant from him, I was like, oh, that's the angle, even though that wasn't the angle. Mm-hmm. I really loved the set design and look and feel. I think James Wan, yeah, is very clearly not just setting this in the 70s, but really going for as far as his filmmaking and cinematography, uh, a 70s aesthetic. And I think he does a really remarkable job in in pulling it off in a way that doesn't feel doesn't feel like a deliberate sort of homage. Like it still feels like its own film made now, but, mm-hmm. but pays tribute to that sort of style and aesthetic uh, in a really sort of good way. I think the sound design is amazing in this film. I appreciate also the the makeup of the ghosts and just the way they reveal it all to be, yeah, much better handled than the Insidious films, which at this stage I will probably most likely keep going back to to compare because they came out at the same time. Yeah, this type of film really spooks me. Even though I'd seen it before coming to this, I, you know, I was still hiding in my hoodie at some points 
and still trying to type when Shannon was jumping. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's a really effective ghost story. Very sort of simple and sort of often told ghost story, but very effective in, in how it's told. I think, yeah, the storytelling in this is is just really, yeah, of a really high standard, which makes it a really entertainment entertaining film. It does, yes, in that last third go into sort of what we will later on see from James Wan, that very much sort of like roller coastery sort of haunted house, scary ride kind of feel. But for the majority of this film, I think it's really well balanced in how the story's kind of opened up and told, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it's a great film. I really like it. I think it's such a great introduction into this universe. I'm not so attached to the whole true story thing. And I think it's great that you're bringing up the kind of ethics of what the Warrens did in real life. I, I, I When I did watch this the first time, I did go and read up about them a bit just out of curiosity, but at the same time, I feel that I'm not attaching too much of the reality to these films and I can enjoy these films and kind of be spooked and scared by them without necessarily buying in 100% to the the true story element and, and the ethics of that. But I think it's a really kind of interesting thing to explore because, yeah, you obviously have a situation now where there's money being made out of this, so... But yeah, I, I big recommend. Where would I, I? I'm sure you would ask, like, where would I see this? Where would I like to see this go next? If I haven't seen any of the next ones, I haven't seen the next film, Annabelle. But for me, it's like you know, you have. I, I do really like this idea of a sort of a horror expanded universe um, set with these supernatural stories, and you almost have a sandbox with that room where you can just go in and mm-hmm. literally focus on something or even something we may have missed this time but you could easily as a filmmaker just be like oh well this thing was in the room you may not have seen it and this is what we're going to do now so for me it's just like well I'd rather yeah be surprised by those elements of like what even even if it's not necessarily set within the Warren's timeline but something like like Annabelle creation where it's kind of like a prequely thing like I don't know that would be exciting just playing with that sandbox but yeah great film very excited for the rest of the series shannon how do you feel about it and are you sticking with us i will stay Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you did it. yeah listen definitely parts of it scared uh scared me a lot but you know this versus the slasher series that we had done it was more clear to me that, oh, okay, the thing with scary movies that I really dislike is actually watching someone be murdered, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> be killed. And so this didn't really have that. Like there were twists and turns and haunted housey sort of things that happened, but nobody got stabbed in the face. So A plus. Say that now until you're lying in bed late tonight. And you just I, mean, I swear I died was really yeah. fucking good. <laughs> Yep. Oh, I hate you for putting that you, thought into my head. Go, Would you stop it? I hate you both. Oh my God. Never mind. I quit. <laughs> I take it back. I quit. We're done. But no, there was a lot that I liked about the movie and that I can appreciate. I thought the camera work and the cinematography by and large was great. Like the shots of the house and all the upside down cameras. And I thought that was super cool. And I loved the music. And, you know, I appreciate all like the gadgets and things that they were set all the like tricks and things that they were setting up i thought those were all well thought out and cool this being my first time 
seeing anything like this, well, or in this world, there was a lo- I feel like there was a lot in terms of there's this haunted house and then there's the Annabelle story-ish that's tied into it. So I found parts of that confusing. The biggest thing that I was like, mm, I don't know about this, was the Vera Farmiga necklace, the locket, that all of a sudden this entity could then travel to the other locket in the girls' yeah. room. And I was like, that... I, that was where I, I was kind of okay you're grasping at straws i think it just needed a picture of her daughter so then it could do a reverse like picture google search essentially oh, to find that's out what it is. okay yeah. that makes sense yeah, that there, makes total for, sense for though. some reason watching that again I, in my memory i had had that they explained that that like that she was using the locket as this sort of like conduit to travel but you just have to Go with it go with yeah. it yeah well it was only because like we have no examples of the fact that this ghost can really leaves the home right um and that was like the first moment that that happens and they don't explain it it's just like something's bad happens we have to get back yeah um because otherwise this ghost could be wreaking havoc all over the town and there'd be way more i would like if that was a a conceit of what this ghost is capable of then we could have like expanded more so i found that confusing and weird but but by and large like i can appreciate it for what it is that's great yeah, yeah. you are in <laughs> terrified you're looking forward to some annabelle then next week because you said dolls don't scare you yeah i mean dolls are clearly like they're creepy right but mm-hmm. like uh, not really does she have do you think does she from the evidence in this film is it potential that annabelle will scare you i mean everything scares me at first right i don't i guess I would say yes for that reason, but also like no, like in the opening scenes with Annabelle and we come into her in the house and she's just drawn all over. Like in my notes about this is what happens whenever you give children crowns and leave them on their own. Like, so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know is my answer right now. I'm going to say like, I feel like that'll be easier than what this was. Okay. Okay. I will jump less. Hopefully, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this jump score down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say right off the bat, since you got through the conjuring, in my mind, it's the scariest one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you got through the conjuring, then you're gonna be fine. Okay. It doesn't mean there won't be you know spikes here and there. I'm sure, and it doesn't mean that you might not prefer one of the other films. Uh-huh. I just feel that this is the most unrelenting in terms of it's a roller coaster of spooky things happening all the time Mm -hmm. and i think it's james wan at the top of his horror game i don't think he was anywhere near as accomplished as this in the insidious films which is bewildering to me since they were done so close i don't even feel i enjoy saw a lot i think it's got a great story and a great twist but i don't the original saw that is Mm -hmm. but i still don't think the directing's anywhere near as accomplished as this the same with dead silence for sure and then he would go on to yeah to do fast and furious 7 and aquaman but oh boy no, Aquaman. I think it's an excellent film. I really do. I know people who have problems with it because of the 70s vibes. And mm-hmm. then I know people have problems with it because oh, they find I it too modern vibe. and too ADD in terms of like stuff happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Here's a spooky thing. And I can understand both those things. I like them both. I love 70s horror films. And I can enjoy, you know, a modern fast paced one as well. I see this as a, as a fun, fair thrill ride. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, a slow burn, serious mm-hmm. 70s movie in that way. But it takes a few nods from that in terms of how they do setup and obviously style and setting. And I, and I think I think it does a really cool pairing. It doesn't work entirely. The ending falls apart a little bit for me. 
just because of possession stuff doesn't I don't, mm-hmm. I don't didn't need that i would have preferred a different solution to everything and yeah the disney ending is pretty ter- terrible but every time i watch this i really appreciate yeah the camera work i appreciate the acting i appreciate the pacing i think the way they introduce stuff is really great and there's a lot going on and this time i really appreciate it it does all interweave it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it all makes sense but it does all interweave well and they thought about it all um other than potentially the bit you put up bring up which is yeah yeah just jumping to somewhere else where clearly yeah. that demon is tied to the house only yeah. and to the family which they yeah. said it was like yeah exactly it doesn't make sense but anyway given it that i think it's an excellent film um i'm not going to call it a horror classic it's not quite up there but i do think it's one of the one of the more enjoyable horror films in the last 10 years and i would uh, i mean again i know where it's going next but trying to eradicate that from my brain yeah, they set it up so well with this room of spooky stuff. Right. For me, it's saying, can they follow through properly? Can they really map out a future that makes sense and doesn't contradict itself? Yeah. There's a toucan in that room. I want to know why the toucan is spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there in The Haunting of the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if toucans are in that Caribbean. What's the deal? So, yeah, I don't know. That's my big thing. It's like, I think this is a fantastic start to a universe. I don't think they'd realize they were going to do universe at this point. It's really, can they retrofit it well enough to not contradict the things mm-hmm. that they're doing? That's going to be my question moving forward. And, yeah, I am. I wish they'd just change the names. Having it so, the marketing and the beginning blurbs and the yeah. end blurbs, so much revolving around the Warrens, it does rub me the wrong way. I'm like, no, you're lying. This isn't how it really was. Even if they were really lovely people in real life, even if all this stuff about him having a fair with 15-year-old girls, would, really that stuff is not our business. For me, yeah. I'm more interested in are they, is the events of what we're talking about lies? And, yeah, when you hear they just turned up uninvited <laughs> – Tell people here's how you can make money or whatever mm-hmm. and then like get out again and get thrown out. That bothers me then. They'll be like, no, they came in the saviors and helped this family and all this stuff, you know, because that's how they'll be remembered. It, I do find it difficult to shake for sure. But just purely as a movie, great fun. We will be back then next week with Annabelle. Until then, please do head on to the We Are Geeks. Please do, again, subscribe and rate us. It makes a big difference. And you can also go to starfishmixtape.com, starfishmixtape.com, or just go to your iTunes or your Amazon or all that stuff. We are now available for you to rent and to buy on lots of stuff. But if you go to starfishmixtape.com, it's going to tell you where you can do that, hopefully in clickable form. We'll find out. Who knows? That's the way you can support us by giving us money for our movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then you can talk shit about our film, where we talk shit about other people's films, (laughs) because it's only fair. I'm uh, hey, I am Mr. Al White on all the social medias as well as on the Xbox. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ghostfarts. <laughs> Did you, is that what you've been doing? You've just been you setting just up a new your account. Name. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it now. That's, yeah, yep. We'll have to Ghost listen farts. to another podcast to see if that's real or not. Oh, God damn. Uh, and I am Shannon Hollander on Instagram. And I don't know. What am I on Twitter? At Miss Hollander or something like that? I don't use it. Don't message me on Twitter. Just Insta me. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, oh no, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a year later is when Annabelle is going to come out. Oh, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, we're that gonna, is quick. James Wan is busy. Wait, well, wait, he's he's he doesn't do Annabelle. No, he's going to be off doing other things. We're going to get the DP from this film is going to be directing the next film. That's Ooh. right, the DP of Child's Play Three. Yeah. <laughs> and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. We'll be directing Annabelle next week. Until then, we are out. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.